in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It is Thursday, January 26th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you from the Satellite University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in lovely Jeffersonville, Indiana. Get your MBA. Get paid in the process, or at least feel like you're getting paid in the process. Find out how to make that happen by visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on from 3.09 to 6 today here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. My apologies for the late start. This is on me. Uh, TK, did you, you hit me up with a reminder. At, at, I was going to forget. It was like 2 o'clock. You were like, we're at Jeffersonville today because we've got... U of L women's team is playing at seven. Coverage starts at five thirty. They've got it. They can't do our signal and the, the signal for the the nine seventy from the same place. So we've got to come over here. I remembered. I was on time. I missed the exit. Just not paying any attention. You drove past exit two, I guess. I drove because I, I knew I've started going to the second exit instead of the first one, which is so much quicker. And so my initial instinct is to get off at the first one. And like I, in my mind. When I was passing the second one, I thought I was passing the first one, and like, like immediately, I'm like, oh. And then you got to go to Lewis and, and then you got to go to Lewis and Clark, which is you'd think it'd be a lot quicker to get back here. Did you come back onto the expressway and take that? No. Or did you come Lewis Clark? I came Lewis and, and Clark, then come up Eastern, swerving past like the little businesses back yeah. there, the trucking companies, and it takes like like when I when I saw, I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a seven minute delay. I'm like, damn. So now, it's Lewis, my fault. I'll take the. It's all all my all blame on me today. Lewis and Clark is like the shove of a road of, of, of Southern Indiana. It's not cool. It's, and it's just, it is, it can be a pain. No matter what time of day, night, it's, it can be a pain. And I hate being late today because we have lots to get to. It was an, an eventful Wednesday night. It's been kind of an eventful Thursday. We, you know, we've got a basketball game that we're going to talk about. We have a Yay. new, we have a new player on the basketball team that we get to talk about, which is exciting. Maybe we'll, we'll get into that. Can I pronounce his name? I don't know how to pronounce his name either. I'll be perfectly oh, honest. Oh, no. We're screwed. I haven't heard it said yet. I thought we were screwed when I, you, you basically said I was the memory of the show. Well, we've talked. <laughs> well, when it comes to where we're, the show is going to be, I always appreciate the, the, the little reminders. But we've talked about the, the player before, um, Coran Davis or Corin Davis. Uh, we're, I, mean, I still have not learned how to pronounce his name, which is part of the problem that we'll get to when we have that conversation. Right. We have, I mean, I obviously, you had a famous night. Last night on TV, all I mean, my phone blowing up more about you being on TBS than it was about the game last night, which is saying something about both sides. Dude, but it's crazy is I'll be all over it again on TNT on Friday night. 
Because they recorded the sh- they record they record Rampage, and I'm in the same spot wearing the same shirt. Oh, I love so it. So I'm gonna be on T. I did leave a little early. I did leave, I did leave about halfway through the Rampage show though, because I still got home almost like one thirty in the morning. I love it. I love. So I did, but uh, he will be there. I'll be on TV the first half an hour at least again. As much as I, and I joked about this last night. I wish we could just dedicate the full show to your wrestling experiences last night. <laughs> Damn you, Boston College. I'd love three full hours of just, just neglecting UofL basketball for my mental health and the mental health of everybody listening, but I don't think that we're allowed to do that. So we'll save the I, – I want to get to your adventures in, in the second segment, but I feel like we do have to start with what happened last night. And I don't know – I guess the first question that I have to ask – because well, we had different experiences. You were at AEW last night while the yeah. game was happening, so you didn't watch the game live. Have you seen the whole game? Yes, I got. Like I said, okay. I didn't get home to two. But I mean, the first thing I did was was I didn't even watch myself on DVR. I, I put I threw on the game. You're so well, humble. I, I, well, I got some, so some work humble. done, but then I first thing I did was I watched the game. No extra fast forwarding, straight through. I had no idea the result, and is it. Oh, you didn't? No, I say I oh. I stayed away from everything. Like when people would text me, I'd glance at it to make sure it wasn't like Louisville related. And I mean, I I stayed off Twitter. I mean, when I went on Twitter, I was, I was t- I had most notifications I've had in a long time. Uh, when I did go on there around two thirty this morning, but uh, yeah, I stayed completely clear. So I w- I went in completely fresh, no helicopter scene in mind. I was ready to roll, and I was having a great time until about three thirty four in the morning, which yeah. is kind of how everything else goes. So I purposely didn't say anything to you about the game because I wasn't sure, but I figured you had, you had seen something. But this this actually works better because I want to get your thoughts on my experience watching the game and see if, if you had something similar. And I know that everybody everybody did the same thing last night, where it was like, oh, I, I never thought, I never thought. As somebody who I don't want to say pessimistic, but like there have been other games this season where people have been like, man, I, we were right there. I believe, like, one of my big things this whole season has been they just they never look like they're going to win to me. Outside of maybe the Western Kentucky game, and even then it got a little bit dicey in Florida A&M because Florida A&M is, is so god-awful. Like, when we've made runs against Clemson, when we've made runs against Wake Forest, when we've made runs against NC State, when we've started hot against some of these other teams, I've always been like, I don't have a whole lot of faith. I, I just... It seems like it's still too hard for us to score. This is going to stop. The other team's going to wake up. We're going to to have lapses. The run's going to come. All that stuff. Last night, I kind of let myself believe for a little bit. Like like we we were up dangerous, man. We're up twelve in the first half, which by the way was our largest lead of the season against a power conference team, (laughs) surpassing the nine from Syracuse earlier this month. I love how they pointed it out and we hit the ten point mark. Like this is their largest. They said, like really, you really got to bring it up. Rick Stansbury's just fuming from home. He's like, (laughs) how do we? Uh, But so they're up by twelve, and I'm getting all the the requisite texts from friends from. You know, Greer's popping in the text. You get Dawson, like all, all everybody, and they're like, you know, most people are saying, I still think they're going to lose, like blah blah. And I'm responding to this. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, like we look like we have a different energy tonight. Also, I think Boston College is terrible. Like, the, like they're not a good team at all. I don't know. Like the energy inside the Connie Forum, the 900 people strong, was not exactly intimidating. We've got you all over TV. Kenny Payne's wearing a gorgeous jacket. Like all the vibes seem to be right. I, I'm letting myself believe, even when we limp into half. You know, we have that. The, it could not have been more ACC Network ten o'clock. The, the ending sequence of the first half, where we throw the ball away out of bounds. They have a wide open layup that they miss, and that's how the first half ends. But 
but the fact that they missed it, did that not make That's you feel saying. like the karma was there? Because exactly. every game, every year, they, they always hit that layup. When they missed it, I thought, oh, God, we're going to do this. We were limping to the finish line, but they missed. And I saw all the analysis at halftime, all, everybody on Twitter saying what kind of my deep, dark thought was, which was our shooting percentages were so high, BC had played so poorly, but we're only up by six. That could portend bad things for the second half. And I still was like, you know, not tonight. No. Not, it's not happening tonight. We're, we're going to come out. We're going to play with renewed energy again. BC is is, a, is bad. We're trying to force them to hit outside shots for the second game in a row to beat us. They're not doing a good job of that so far. I like our shot. Like, somebody texted me. They're like, I still think they're going to lose by 20. And I was like, I think they're going to win. I, I straight up said, I think they're going to win. I don't think I've said that at halftime of any game this year besides Western. And I'll tell you when that feeling went away. It was before they even started playing in the second half because <laughs> the camera showed them breaking the huddle, and Not it good. was the most lackluster. Like I don't even. One of the players didn't even have their hand in the middle. They were already walking away. The others looked like they just wanted to be somewhere else. And right before I could even have the thought, a former player texted me, humble brag, and had oh, a yeah, picture had a picture of the, the huddle break, and he was like. What is this, man? And I was like, I, I was like, I literally just had the exact same thought. I don't think this is going to go well now. All of a sudden, and sure enough, they zombie walk through the first segment. BC comes out, scores. I think the f- seven of the first nine points. They quickly take the lead, and, and from that point forward, it was kind of done. And by the way, I, I should say as a further note on that story, I know that you've got a lot of former players out there who are voicing their support for Kenny Payne and, you know, kind of saying it's, it's the fans' fault, it's the players' fault, it's everybody's fault besides the coaching staff. This is going to be okay. And, and it's become this narrative where I'm glad the former players are happy. I'm glad there are a lot of former players who are not happy right now. Well, it's a generational thing, too, though. It, a little bit. I think, I think you, most, I, most of you— Let me finish real quick. Okay, sorry. Like, you would be surprised the players who are—most of them are, are, like, popping into the DMs. Some of them are sending texts. And they are from a variety of eras, and they have very, very strong opinions about what's happening here, and they're not positive. They're not apologists. They are very much like, this would have never flown when I was playing. I can't believe this is flying now. This is going to, like, there's a lot of that out there, and I think that people are just, they recognize that it does no good for them or for anybody else to put it out there publicly, but it's it's not a 100% unanimous deal from former players that like this is going to be fine the fans don't know what the hell they're talking about it's going to be okay I feel like we should make that point because I do see it kind of get tossed around as a blanket statement the former players are happy the former players are happy not all the former players are happy right now but anyways I, I do applaud them for not having to be public about it. there's no reason to go public about everything like I kind of agree it's, I mean yeah. that's one of the problems with what, what Twitter and social media has done is that made everybody think their opinion matters when my opinion doesn't matter. 99% of the rest of you also doesn't either. So I hate to tell you that. Bad radio host probably for doing that. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I didn't notice the, the huddle break as you did. I guess this is like another example of you looking at the bench more than I do. But uh, I can't remember the exact moment where I felt that. Felt, I don't know. I guess I didn't. I think it was more like the four-minute mark. I think I went a little longer before you did, before I realized. Because what was annoying me was that, and you kind of said it, this was the first ACC opponent we played where, you can call me crazy, but we're a better team than they are. Yeah. We have more talent than they do. Yeah. I mean, short of, short of you know, Frankenstein over there in the post, you know, we we had, we were, we were more pounded team. I mean, and that was just an example of a team that's better coached than we are. I mean, the, when you watch them play defense, and I'm, I'm thinking, 
You know, they're making us start our offense with 15 seconds on the 13 seconds on the clock every every way down, still all over us at the half court. You know, I liked it. I, li- I did like having Mike James bring it up a little bit to take pressure off of L getting into that low token pressure before you got in the half court. But I mean, that's that that's defense because this is not a talented team. That's just better coaching and taking players and telling them and no and teaching them where to be and how to do it and hitting open shots. I mean, that that was what was aggravating the most was as last night was that I walked away from that game losing by ten, knowing we were actually a better team than they are. And <laughs> you mentioned the jacket. Four hours of wrestling. Four, so I sat through from 7 o'clock until a little after 11.30 or so of watching all this wrestling. And the biggest swerve of all night was got, getting home and turning on the TV and seeing Kenny Payne in a jacket. Yeah. Like, that was like, I was like, I, really? He looked great. I mean, I, I, of course, he said afterwards, you know, what it was he for. Was the coach for coach Kansas, which I didn't realize. Yeah, they all were wearing know. the M. Uh, but, but it was still kind of cool to see. And I was like, hey, wow. You know, this is awesome. And then my other favorite part of the game was probably when – they interviewed him after the second half, and he's sitting there talking with the headset on. He's talking about turnovers. And in the background, you see in the highlights the ball going between Ellis's leg, the ball go between Weather's leg, right to their little Chris Dudley wannabe, and he slams the ball in right before the half. I mean, that was just the. I was like, how poetically perfect can you be? Him talking about turnovers, and right behind you is us looking like the Washington Senate generals out there, uh, just giving up the ball. Which, by the way, that wasn't my WTF moment of our game. Uh, that would be when Weathers, Weathers, excuse me, uh, Weathers, Weathers, it doesn't matter at this point. Weathers spot, let the ball drop, roll past him just to run run and save it right before it goes out of bounds. Dribble three times and then right off his foot. I was like, that's, yeah. I don't know if you remember that in the first half. But I was like, that's that's the moment. That's that's our our WTF of the day. We get one, we get maybe one or two a game. That's the one winning today. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, I like to – I, I don't know. I was, offensively, I just didn't see anything special. I just look like we look like a team that was beating them for most of the game because we're a better, we're more talented team. Yeah, and after the game, Kenny Payne. I don't have the clip in front of me right now, but we can play it if we want. I, mean, to I watched the post. He said, he said straight up, like, "You're." I, I've got to tell the guys, like, you're never going to be the more talented team when you take the floor. Which I, I was like, "Come on, man!" Like, Not tonight. I mean, that's what he said. I'm sorry. I watch that Boston College team. You, you, you can you can throw skit records in my face all you want. That's fine. But also, I mean, he's saying that he's like, you're never going to be more talented. We're more talented than App State. We're more talented yes. than Wright State. We're more talented than Bellarmine. We're more yes. talented than Lipscomb. Yes. We're more talented than some of the teams in this conference. I feel at least by last night. I know for sure we may have a worse structured roster, but the talent level is is above some of these teams. And I'm with you. I think last night I, I made the. I made the exact same point in the first half, and people, of course, after the game, like grilled me about it. I love. I'm, I'm getting crushed by people for being a Kenny Payne hater, and I'm also somehow getting crushed for not being hard enough by, on Kenny Payne, which I guess is what you're dealing with. <laughs> like, people are just pissed off about everything. But I said in the first half, like, this is the first time in a long time where it just looks like we're better than these dudes. Like, like we just look like a better team. There have been times where we've been playing better than our opponents, but it still feels like they've got, you know, the, the more energy they've got a better defensive system, what have you. Like it, it just it feels like it's not going to hold up. This was the first time where for the first 18 minutes or so of the game, I'm like, we're just better than these guys. No, I know, yeah. I, I'm I mean, playing better than them, and we're going to win handily. And it just didn't happen. I mean, Post is a good ball player. I mean, I would, I'd love to have him on the team. But, I mean, Did I, you hear that he got in, an inadvertent elbow in the head? They didn't show that highlight enough. Oh, I, 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 I love every time. I love every time they show it. They ignore the fact that L is getting hammered. Exactly, he gets hit it's twice. It's like, I mean, come on. I mean, he's over getting just body checked, and you're worried about you know, a big goofy dude with with the broken nose. I mean, come on. 
I mean, I, I love his. I, I would love to have him on the team. Sort of that. I mean, and, and he's. I don't know if we had anybody as good as him individually, but as a team, Louisville's more talented than Boston College. They lost that game last night because Boston College was better coached. And it, you can, you don't like to go Grant and. I hate to say he came back. That's where it's getting to the point where it's it's now coming just down to coaching and Kenny Payne. I mean, you can be you can get better as a coach. I'm not saying you can't, and I'm not saying you, you're. I'm not on the get rid of Kenny Payne after this year because that's not going to happen. Short of him walking away, and I would be shocked if that happened. But you, you got to start showing some improvement, man. And you at some point, it's not just the kids not showing effort. You you got you have to teach them and get that out of them because that is part of coaching. And if you can't do it. Then you know, take hit the bus with the, the Knicks players that were at the game and go back to the NBA with them. I thought that they, I mean, I, I know the effort has gotten crushed a lot on this radio show, and I think deservedly so. I thought they played hard for the most part last night until until it got a little bit late, and then they kind of I, I don't know if it's just like a lack of will or if it's just everybody freezing up and not having any faith in themselves to step up to the moment. But there was a a point in the, in the late in the second half when. They're kind of going blow for blow. They're trying to fight back into the game, and Boston College isn't relenting. Boston College keeps hitting the big shot, and we just everybody just kind of seemed to want to defer to everybody else, which which can't happen. And also, I mean, L. Ellis was on the. I don't know if it was the ankle. I don't know if it was Payne getting upset with him for the little spat with Roosevelt Wheeler. But L. is sitting on the bench with, or you know, I know he had three fouls with a little bit over four minutes to go. And we've got Mike James trying to run the point, and it's and God love him, Mike James has had a hell of a second half of this season. He's a small forward. He's not a he's not a two guard, let alone a point guard. And it went about as well as you could have. I mean, just giving the ball to the other team on I think three straight possessions. We say what you will about L. Ellis. You, you can criticize him being too reckless or him not being a natural point guard. I think those two things are, are both accurate. We can't accomplish anything when he's out of the game. Like nothing. We we get nothing done. And we tried to bring Hersey in. He can't really run the offense. He can't start the offense. If we don't have L. Ellis on the floor, we get nothing accomplished on offense. And that was painfully apparent last night during the stretches of time where he was out. And those stretches played huge parts in us not being able to 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 win that game. And I mean, it's just we're now in the three hundreds on Kempom. Let's say it. The three, the three. Is there are four hundreds. No, there's three hundred sixty-three teams in Division One. We'll be three sixty-eight soon enough. We are in the three hundreds on Ken Palm. We had never been lower at any point in the season before last year. We had never been lower than ninety. Not, 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 not finished lower than ninety. We had not been lower at any point in any season than ninety. We finished last year at one twenty-seven. We thought that was as bad as it could possibly get. We are in the three hundreds. Three sixty-five. You said three sixty-three is the number of teams. In D1. You could have like a little mini tournament of three hundred teams. <laughs> tournament sees the, the toilet bowl winner. If there were a sixty-eight team tournament, if there were a sixty-eight <laughs> team tournament for the worst sixty-eight teams in college basketball, all of college, not power conference, all of college basketball, we would right now be in that comfortably. We wouldn't even be a top top seed though. It just is. <laughs> I mean, BC. I, I'm I'm going BS on the effort thing too because I'm with you. This team showed effort last night. I, I, I thought they played hard. And I'm getting Kenny. I I get, I get it. You're, you're you're getting frustrated, but. You can leave the song and dance of, of of they're not they're not hustling they're not trying they're not working hard because they're out there diving they're out there trying to work hard now obviously mental mistakes and, and simple brain farts are happening on a consistent basis you talked about it after I left and I tried to listen to the show as long as I could until the uh, my signal went out which I think I told you was around she- uh, she- uh, Shelbyville is when it finally goes out if you're going east for those that are wondering and then I, I jumped into the TuneIn app but 
you know, you mentioned, you know, how this team is, you can't give this team six to eight points on easy layups in a game like this because they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be all over you defensive. And they were very well coached defensive team. I, when's the last time we said anything about our team and used the word well coached and involved in the same sentence this year? But well coached defensive team. And like, we, we gave up how many, how many layups on just, on just goofball errors and passes and most of and or not just that, just putbacks when they did miss the layup. I mean, what, 10, 10 points maybe? I'd say 10, 12 points probably. And that was the game. And that, was yeah, what, that was the game right there. And you said it last yesterday after I left. That's going to be – you can't let that be the game. And we did. And I, I think – I almost said the tweet out at halftime, but I was already just getting so annoyed by some of the people who were like – anytime – and I get it. Like, I get annoyed by some of the overly positive people. But also, anytime you say something that's just like you're trying to talk about the game – the overly negative people also sort of ruin it. And I was going to say at halftime, if we take care of the ball and cut out the bull, I almost said it, the, 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 mean, the yeah. bull bleep turnovers, I think we're going to win this game. And we didn't cut out the bull bleep turnovers. We no. just, we threw it directly to them. We gave oh, numerous times. We gave a bad offensive team a ton of cheap points that they didn't really have to work for. And I mean, we had, we finished the game with 19 turnovers. 11 of those were steals by Boston College. And you say steals. We didn't make them work for some of those. We just handed the ball. To, at one point, Mike James literally handed the ball to the guy in front of him after almost losing it three times before. What about when L gets trapped and he calls timeout with four seconds on the shot clock just to turn the ball over on the inbounds pass after the timeout? Yeah, it was, that was bad. I mean, it's just like that's, uh, a, that's the whole season in a nutshell. On the possession before, L also picked up his dribble and got trapped, and then Wheeler tried to set a screen on one of the guys when he had picked up his dribble. I was like... <laughs> And I think that's what led to the the right. spat between hey, the two. Hey, give Wheeler credit. He's trying, okay, buddy? <laughs> Which I also don't understand. You've got – L is like – is yelling at Wheeler. Wheeler walks away. L keeps yelling at him. At no point does any coach step over and try to be like, hey, this is what he's trying to say, or hey, stop. Because I don't, I don't know what's being said. I don't, I don't know who's in the wrong there. But they're, they're, they just go into the huddle and, like, they just look pissed off. And – that seems to be the demeanor of this team, just perpetually pissed off. And Oh, hell, it worked. I tell you what, last year we complained about the team hating each other, but they still won 13 games. Maybe they need to start hating each other. Maybe. I, I, I don't I, know. I, I think I might trade 12, uh, 13. I could trade 11 more wins for a team that hates each other over a team that's kumbaya. The fact of the matter is the turnovers are just – they're killing this team. Anytime they have a chance to win a game, the turnovers are what, what wind up shooting them in the foot. And I know that BC – did I think there were some questionable calls? Yeah, I thought that we got. Oh, it's horrible. We got a, we got a bad whistle. They outshot us twenty-one to six from the free throw line. They outscored us seventeen to four from the free throw line. That did not help at all. But also, they, as tends to be the case against most teams we play, they were more physical. They made a more conscious effort to be aggressive around the rim, uh, and they got more free throws as a result of that. Do I think the disparity should have been that large? No, but if we take care of the ball. We still win that game. We shot 53% from the field. We shot 50% yeah. from three. We were 9 of 18 on threes. And, you know, BC, they shot above their season average from three, but not by a, a wide margin. They were 8 of 22, which is 36.4%. They shot below 50% from the field. They Keep in mind, though, they were 1-11 in the first half, so they were 7 of 11 in the second half. Yeah, they half. got hot in the second half, and we didn't adjust. We kept, we kept being like, well, I mean, they're going to miss this wide open one. I'm like, yeah, just... The YMCA kid who hit three in a row when he was wide open didn't help. The The problem with our defense, our perimeter defense, which is very bad, is that we run into this 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 habit of thinking, it's a bad shooting team, this guy's a bad shooter from three, let's leave him open. And the reality is most players at this level who are, let's say, 32% three-point shooters, 
if you leave them wide open, they're more like 50-55% three-point shooters. They're, they're down at 32 because they are playing teams that are good at coming out, running at you with high hands, solid at contesting outside jumpers without fouling. We don't do that. We just give teams, especially teams with decent shooters, wide open looks at key oh, yeah. moments. And most players, watch watch a shoot-around before a college game. Most of these guys are really good shooters when there's nobody around them and they have time to set, look at the rim, compose themselves, get into their natural rhythm, and not have anybody coming at them to, to you know, get in their vision or alter the shot. And we just don't defend that. And last night, for the what felt like millionth time, Every key moment when we needed a big stop, we gave up a wide open three, BC cashed in, and then we would come down, turn the ball over, and that's the game. And it just, it's a, it's not getting any better. I mean, you still let me pick my poison. I'll let you have a wide open three over the wide open layups that we give up. Well, sure. And then the thing is, we're giving up both. Like, we're, it's not just like, oh, you know, pick, like I said, pick your poison. Well, we get one or the other. No, we're, we're letting them do both. I mean, that's. The other thing that we it's don't... It's coming down to... I, I, listen, I'm tired. I know the kids in this most, most talented team, and but this team was more talented last night. I'm getting very frustrated with Kenny Payne right now. I mean, you, I don't know how anybody can't be, to be honest I mean, with you. you. You can still be... You can be frustrated with Kenny Payne and still not be like, well, we got to fire him now or we got to fire no, him after this God, season. No, 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 no. But I don't know how you can sit here and, again, I, I, I don't tell anybody how to fan. You, everybody's welcome to their own mentality. But when you see the fact that we're 2-18... and 18, and you see the fact that we're in the 300s on Ken Palm, you can say that, you can even argue that it's majority of the problem is the players. Or you can, I mean, now we got people blaming the fans. It, the, the problem is the players <laughs> and the fans. You have to, at this point, say that at least some of the blame falls on the coaching staff. Because any coach worth a salt, any coach who has the chance to be Hall of Fame good, which should be the standard at a place like Louisville. We, we know that it's going to take some time. It's but actually ACC level good. Yeah, you don't hire a head coach at a place like Louisville if you don't think that eventually he's going to be considered one of the best in the sport. We hired Chris Mack with the intention of having a guy who was going to already had a good reputation, but who was going to elevate himself to being one of the best, I don't know, five to ten coaches in all of college basketball, and it didn't happen. We hired Kenny Payne with the hope that he could be one of the best five to ten coaches in all of college basketball. If you are one of the best five to ten coaches in college basketball, you walk into this situation, which is admittedly not great. The roster's not good. The fan base is pissed off. There's not a whole lot of momentum. Players are hurt from last year, whatever you want to say. You still win more than two games. And I get that he's growing into the job, and I get that he's never been a head coach before, and I get that things will hopefully get better the more experience that he has. But if you're not watching this and at least a little bit alarmed or at least willing to place some of the blame on the coaching, I don't know what to tell you. It does not get this bad at a place like Louisville or a place that's within shouting distance of Louisville. It doesn't get this bad at a place like DePaul or a place like Cal or a place like Washington State, which do not exist in the same realm of Louisville, but are technically power conference teams. It doesn't get bad at places like that. Unless you're in Hartford. This bad. Without it being at least partly because of the coaching. Oh, yeah. We are, I feel like I keep having to repeat this. As it stands right now, we are the worst power six team in the history of college basketball. Not just like the, oh, you know, they've, the worst power six team of this season, which would be, I think, Still un- impossible to previously fathom at a place like U of L. And you're not using just hyper. You're not being hyperbolic either. You're the just, worst. Proven, Nobody yes. has been worse. If we go winless, we will be. We will go down in history as the worst Power Six team since the Power Six has been a thing to ever play the sport. 
it's huh. not that that's not and I, it's not a hot, it should not be a hot take to say that that's not acceptable. Nothing we're doing, you can't do right. right we right. won the GD <laughs> national championship ten years ago. They're going to celebrate that team in less than a month, and we're sitting here talking about we can't come within ten points of beating the next worst team in the ACC. And right now, the line you said yesterday that had me laughing on the road was. We've played more months of the season than we have wins. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like he said that, I almost swarmed a little. I was like, "Damn, he's right." We're in the third month of the season. We've got <laughs> two, two wins. wins. That's We're averaging less than a win per month. Uh, see, these are things I wish this wasn't my favorite team because these are jokes I'd love to put on everybody. I try. If the shoe were on the other foot, imagine that. Mo- imagine that for a moment. Think about how much fun we had with Kentucky being nine and 16. oh yeah, and a blast. Imagine them under quote unquote normal circumstances now, not a COVID year, not. No bubbles, no no whatever. Imagine them right now being two and eighteen, and three oh one in Ken Palm, three thirty eight in the net or whatever the hell we are right now. Imagine that. The net. Do you think? And I know you got UK fans. You're like, you guys got to give them more time. You guys got to be, be oh, patient. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Imagine us saying that to them. I think that was us saying that to Billy Gillespie and Jordan. The last thing that I'll say as far as this team down the stretch uh. in big time games. One thing that we do that drives me crazy is we don't make anybody besides the other team's best player beat us. And I said this after the Syracuse game. Get the ball out of Joe Girard's hands at key moments. Not only did we let Joe Girard catch the ball, we gave him clear looks at the basket and he hit two monster threes in the final minute. And then we let him shoot the, the game-clinching free throws, basically. Last night, we know that Post is their their best player. Make somebody else do something to beat you. Instead, he finishes twenty two with 22 points. Goes nuts, has every key basket, it seems like, in, in the, the, the final minutes of that game, or is involved in every key basket. We let Ashton Langford get into the lane and do what he does best as well. Um, the the, the, the Jalen Zachary is is not a, a great player. He had some big shots. I, I'm more okay with that. He was wide open, you expect. I mean, yeah, he I, I, I had no one around him. The fact that we just let Post do whatever he wanted to, though, is when we're supposed to be, the strength of our team is supposed to be the on the interior. I just, I was like, I mean, come on, guys. Like, like, get it out of his hands. This is not a great team. Don't let the seven-foot dude who's pretty versatile but not oh, a he's great be- passer. I mean, he's better than anybody we have on he our is. roster right make now. He is. Make, make somebody else do it, though. And we just, yeah. we, we didn't. We played man. I mean, we, we played loose zone. We let him get the ball. In the, it was just, it was bad defense. I mean, if anything, just put Roosevelt out there and tell him to go for his nose again. Yeah, I mean, well, that was, I think it was Ellis, right? Who gave him the It, was, it was Ellis, but we don't need to get Ellis in trouble. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <You> <laughs> just, <laughs> hey, a core four. Guess what? We got something for you, buddy. We did not see Emmanuel Core four. <laughs> I mean, last anything, night. but I mean, how, how with the way Post is dominating? How do you not at least throw a Core four out there? Just I had the thought. I, I had the same thought. I mean, we are still undefeated in games where he plays. <laughs> I mean, I know Sydney didn't play awful last night. He just he's offensively. Well, yeah, and it's, Post is just a better player than he is. So I mean, it's what bigger. it is. Yeah, but, he's, got, he's got the size advantage, but uh, and skill advantage. But that the, too. <laughs> But the uh, yeah, I mean, just but still, I mean, throw them out there. I mean, you're you're two and eighteen. What's the worst that could happen? You're gonna fall. You're gonna lose again. We we keep <laughs> making the same point, and the the record just keeps growing. I mean, it was a while ago we were like, we're zero and six. What's the worst that could happen? Just try something new. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then it's like you're two and twelve. What's the way? It just it just keeps going up. I mean, we now have our two wins: Western Kentucky and Florida A&M are now bookended by nine game losing streaks, which is just. Unfathomable. And something one thing that just irritates me, and this is just someone who who was you know coached at a high little league level, was that is is just the just complete lack of just being able to to execute an inbounds play. 
our inbounds, it's bad. I mean, it's it's so bad. The only thing worse than us in our inbounds offense is our inbounds. Defense. I was about to say the exact same thing. I mean, the only thing we did good last night on inbounds play was JJ Trainer taking things in his own hand and cutting on on a Boston College player where he wasn't supposed to do, and he got dunk out of it. I I I, I just I, it's just oh, it just drives me so. Ins- we have I think we have more turnovers on inbounds plays than we do points this season. I would love to. I I'm not being completely joking. I want some. I would love somebody to look up that stat. I'd be willing to put maybe twenty bucks on this that it's within the probably a ten point radius. I think you're probably right. It, I mean, sad, we had three last night off turnover it, inbounds. It, it hurts seeing how inept we are inbounding the ball, and then like you just said, it also hurts when you see like timeouts and opposing coaches oh. draw up these plays that work. We give up so many layups on well drawn up uh, we do. Uh, baseline out of bounds plays. It's just it's it's so frustrating. Uh, yeah, our. Our plus minus, if you're talking about blobs, baseline out of bounds plays, where you have chances to score right underneath the basket, we've got to be like minus 55 for oh, the yeah, year. Because yeah. other teams are just lighting us up and we're just turning the ball over every time, it seems like. I mean, it's, it's so br- that I'm sorry, that's that's coaching. I'm, you, you can sit, the coach can sit there and tell me, I told him how to do it. You can tell me how to do it all you want. You got to, you have to get the best out of them. If you can't do it, then, then you're in the wrong profession, buddy. I've got. Last night, I, I go through this process now when it comes to Louisville games, it, at least recently, where you know I try to make the I, – I try to at least make some jokes at the end of games, just try to have at least some fun with the situation that we're in right now, which, again, none of us have ever dealt with, so there's no right way, wrong way to deal with this. It's all new to all of us. But I, I'll make the jokes. I'll write the little post-game recap. I'll listen to what Kenny Payne has to say. And then you know it'll be about an hour after the game's ended. And I'll be sitting there still you know, looking at Twitter or looking at game notes or looking at whatever. And it will just hit me. Like, I'm like, I can't believe we're this bleeping bad. And like, I, I almost tweeted it out at midnight last night after the game. I was like, I, I, I can't believe we're this effing bad. And I was like, it's just not, it's not worth it. But it, it does, you get so caught up in these specific games and you're like, oh, here we go again. I can't believe this is happening. And it sort of feels like when things have been quote unquote bad in other seasons, like last year or two years ago. And then you sit down and it sort of soaks in that you're 0-9 in the ACC and 2-18 and overall and near the bottom of the, the overall sport in virtually any metric that you can possibly track. And you just sit there and you're like, oh, my God. How did we – like we thought being a seven seed growing up was just unacceptable, was just terrible. We, I mean, when we were a seven seed under Chris Mack in his first season, we thought, you know, good way to overachieve, but this is a stepping stone, and now we're going to get back to being a four seed every year, and we should be in the top fifteen every season, and that was the expectation. And now it's not just seven seed. I'm on seven wins. My God, I mean, we may not get seven wins in, in two years combined at this rate. I just, it, it's. I never, and I said this at the exhibition game, the Lenore Ryan game. This was yeah. before we even I, knew, I had a glimpse of how bad it was going to be. I said, I never thought regarding any circumstance, any set of circumstances, death penalty, not allowed to play on TV, 18-year postseason ban. You can't hire a coach who knows the, the basic rules of basketball. You can only play guys shorter than five foot eight. Like any of the, I never thought I'd see a day when Louisville looked as bad as they did in that exhibition game. And now I'm sitting here saying I never thought all of those things. I never thought I'd see a team 2-18 and 
just this woefully, and it's Louisville. Like you, you thought that twelve and nineteen was our bottom, and I've got to regurgitate this stat one last time. We've lost twenty. We've played one hundred ten years of basketball. We've lost twenty games, one time, and it was exactly twenty games, nineteen ninety eight, twenty losses. We are about to. We're going to come close to breaking that record. Before we get to February. <laughs> if we lose our next two, we will have 20 losses before we get to, to February. And if we lose to Georgia Tech, I take that back. If we lose to Georgia Tech on February 1st, we'll have 20 losses. <laughs> it's mind-blowing I laugh that we could be I in this. Cry. It's the only option you have. <laughs> it is mind-blowing for us to be this bad. And you can, I mean, I, I guess you can still think, look, Kenny Payne can, is going to get this going. It's going to take us to the promised land. But it's hard. It's hard to have that blind faith right now, when the low is this low. Like we were all, the the biggest fallacy in all this is the people who are saying now, you know, you guys expected miracles in year one. You expected to be Sweet Sixteen, Final Four, in in the tournament. No, the only people who were saying this are now the people who are saying that everybody expected way too much from him. The only people who were saying it's going to be a quick turnaround under Kenny Payne are now the ones who are like, well, what'd you expect? It's going to. He told you it was going to be terrible. Nobody ever thought it was going to be this bad. No, it shouldn't be this bad. And there's no reason for it to be. If we I mean, were, if we were twelve and nineteen, which would be right up there with one of the worst seasons in all of, uh, of Louisville basketball history. This team probably should be that around that. We would be more or less okay with that. It wouldn't be ideal. No, but you would say the same thing that we said on this radio show all summer long, which is you can't judge him too harshly based on his first season because the roster is going to get better. It's the clouds going to get lifted. We'll know what we're dealing with, and we'll move on from there. But this first year, who knows what we're going to get. Maybe he can overachieve. That would be great, but let's just kill it in recruiting and then move on. I mean, I... I, I this I'm, has been not anything close to that. I'm all for, you know, the phrase, let the cake bake, but I feel like we've used salt instead of sugar in this cake. It's baking, but, like, when the oven's on fire, at some point you have to be like, hold on. I mean, it's... you, 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 you got to stop with it. It could turn out great. If you smell smoke, you, you, you maybe got to pull that thing out. It, it may be time to at least check on it, right? At, at least I look th- at I it. I think it might, be, it might be burning. And be like, maybe I've got the, the wrong temperature. Maybe I set the timer for the wrong time. I mean, that, come on, we all know you set it to 350. I mean, what, 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 doesn't get, what, what in the oven doesn't get 350? You got to go a little 400 for some things. Really? So I always go 350. I, I don't even bother looking at boxes anymore if I'm cooking something in the oven. Well, I'm just like 350. Maybe not. <laughs> not the best mentality. Three, three, I'm, three, what, are you, what are you cooking an omelet? 350. Well, you know you cook an omelet in the oven, but nonetheless. <laughs> uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sykes line. By the way, we have not mentioned that today. Download the Refreshing Rewards app. There's just a reason. <laughs> Become a new Refreshing Rewards. Yeah, it didn't stop the million people from texting in already. It, download the Refreshing Rewards app. Become a new Refreshing Rewards program member, and you're going to get treated to a free breakfast sandwich and a free drink at any one of the area 706,412 Thornton's locations. They just grew by 700,000 overnight. That's yeah. because they're that damn good. That's who they are. You get more, you get more free stuff do. from Thornton's than you get wins from Kenny Payne. At least as much. <laughs> Sandwich and a drink. You get two. <laughs> but you also get deals at the... Yeah, I mean, you get, you get, they have all kinds of deals regularly. You, you, you save money at the pump. You save money at the pump. You get points for it. Should we... Do you want to talk about... Because we, we, let's just talk straight through the hour at this That's point. That's fine. 
do you want to take text or do you want, should we talk really quickly about the the, the new commit? Because the new commit kind of think goes into what? Well the, well, the JUCO that we we had to search for. Yes. So I mean, you answered the question there. Let's let's, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, because I mean, I haven't searched enough for him. I'm assuming you have. I tried, and then people got mad at me for not being able to find enough stuff. <laughs> so, can do it to go to his house and talk to him. That's apparently that's what I'm supposed to be able to do. I don't know what I don't know what people think the budget is over there at Card Chronicle slash Big X headquarters <laughs> yeah. is, but we don't even have the heat on here, people. They're not flying me out to California. <laughs> yeah. So, Coron Davis or Corin Davis, I still have not found a video where they pronounce his name. We heard that he had gotten an offer from U of L uh, last week. Yeah. He committed to Louisville today. All right. Los Angeles Southwest Juco guard. He's <laughs> the airport. He's a, <laughs> he doesn't have a rating. He doesn't have a recruiting profile on any of the, the recruiting networks. He is, however, a six, seven shooting guard who averages 25.3 points, 7.2 rebounds, and 3.3 assists per game at uh, L.A. Southwest this season. He played at Paris Community College in Texas last year, averaged 15.7 points and 6.6 rebounds. He's a Gary, Indiana native. You can find a lot of stuff out of, uh, about him from high school where he played. A lot of I mean, Indiana high school basketball is covered thoroughly at every neck of that state. So you can find a lot of stuff there. After he leaves, it's hard to find – much uh, about him. He did talk to on three today. Uh, Joe Tipton was the first to report the news of his commitment and his quote to to Joe Tipton was, I chose Louisville because they fit my play style and it felt like a family to me. Head coach Kenny Payne flew in to see me and kept it real with me and made my mother happy. I just want to do whatever to make my mom happy where I come from. Kids don't get to play at the next level. Who else recruited him? Okay. So because I mean, Kenny flew out there. I'm just curious. So I can't find that out. (laughs) <laughs> the 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 prime source for you google his name by the way your article is the first when it comes up on google well that's good for me it's not great for him but, yeah, well, i mean no it's or us i guess but he the, the prime source for juco basketball and I've, I've used them before when we were recruiting jay scrub when we were recruiting l ellis when we've been recruiting other jucos over the years is juco recruiting.com that they, they are pretty thorough. They've got a large database. They rank a top 100 for uh, every class of kids that is currently playing junior college basketball. I went to the website. They have a top 100. They also have about 40 players listed as like the next up in the 2023 class. Corin Davis isn't on there. Like like he's not a top 100 JUCO recruit on their side, at least coming into the season. Maybe that changes. He's having a hell of a year. Who knows? They've got nothing about him on the site outside of his name being on the roster and being a member of the team that he plays for. There's also a couple of people sending messages and they're like, "This we're his only offer. He's got no other scholarship offers. Like I said, he doesn't have a scout page. He doesn't have a rivals page. He's not on these JUCO websites. There's nothing to back that up. So I I wrote the story based on the information that's out there, the the stats from his team, how he played at, at Paris last year where he came from high school the quote from on three link that up all that good stuff and then i just tweet out like i'll be perfectly honest there's not a whole lot of info out there on corn davis i don't know if he's got any other offers i can't find any current highlight videos from him from this year if anybody could help i'd appreciate it like just look i i am not the one-stop shop for recruiting coverage i've never been if you followed the website at any point in the last 15 years you know that I try when we get a commit. I try to read as much as I can. I try to watch as much as I can, and then I try to base my thoughts on on the player off of that. 
when there's nothing out there about him, there's only so much I can do. So I'm hoping, you know, somebody out there who covers recruiting or somebody who, who knows the, the junior college will see the tweet and be like, hey, yeah, he got an offer from you know, Syracuse, somebody else. U of L fans are taking this as some sort of just gigantic fu to Kenny Payne and the staff. They're like, "Come on, you're a journalist. Do your work. Like this is stu- you're complaining about him now. You want him to get guards. Does it really matter who we get at this point? You're just going to complain about everything." And I'm like, "It, it, it matters who it we matters. get. It, <laughs> if it didn't, I'd be like, okay, let me play. Like you know, like, like <laughs> just take a bunch of local I, kids and who cares? But we've got eligibility left. I know I do. What about you? You got some. You got it right. I don't think so. I'm sure. You do. I think I'm out. Well, let me find a way. One year of law school, maybe. maybe yeah, your COVID year still. <laughs> I got my COVID year. So like, people are, are mad at me about that. I'm some guys like just do your research. I'm like I, I'm telling you right now. I can't, short of having the Big X fly me out to to California to watch a South Coast South Conference game involving LA Southwest Junior College, I can't give you a firsthand evaluation. I can't tell you who else has offered this kid. That's what I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to do the research. I'm asking for people are just furious about everything. I, I, I've thankfully some people who did help pointed out there's like a, a one minute highlight video from this season that's on Facebook. He's got highlight videos from a game. The only other things that are out there are full games on YouTube from his team, which you know, you, maybe I'll watch like 30, 45 minutes a little bit later before I go to sleep and try to see how he is. The the highlight videos, I'll be perfectly honest, they're hard to take a lot away from because this is a high school gym they're playing. I'm watching, I'm, not, watch, I'm watching one of his high school reels off his Twitter account right now. The high school reels are, are fine, but you know that's he's grown a lot. Like that's the big. If you're looking for a reason to be excited, he's one of those kids who was six four, six five coming out of high school and who's grown two inches over the last year or so. He's he's now six seven. He's listed as a two guard. He doesn't look like he handles it well enough to me. Awful shot looking. The shot is is a little bit funky. Yeah. He's athletic enough. There's not a whole lot of defense. My my primary concern is the level that he's playing right now is – I'll frame it like this. If you watched Last Chance U Season 2, which everybody should. Again, it's great. The basketball seasons. He plays in the same general um, under the same general umbrella as the main school from there. Like If you look at the conference standings, you'll recognize some of the, the names or teams that have played. Uh, ELAC, which is the, the school from Last Chance U. And when you watch Last Chance U, like – the school that they focus on, East LA, is the most talented team in the state, the most talented team in all of California junior college basketball. And their best players, the guys that you watch and you're like, damn, that guy looks pretty damn good. Like he's a, They talk about them in terms of being like NBA players. They typically go to like big West schools, you know, the, the, the main kid, Joe, from, from season one, who had been started his career at Penn State, um, couldn't get on the floor there, had a bunch of problems. Is clearly very talented. He goes to Long Beach State. He's a backup there. The best player, the guy who like dominates that league, and again, it's the most talented team in the most talented junior college league that's out there. KJ, I can't remember his last name. He's playing at Texas A and M right now. He's averaging like three points. So that's the most kids that are playing in this league don't even like Louisville's not on their radar. Louisville's not going. If Louisville's going to go after a JUCO kid, it's going to be a Jay Scrub or an L Ellis, who's the number one or number two rated player in all of JUCO. It's Maybe this is a diamond in the rough type deal, but for right now, all it is is another blind, just got to trust Kenny Payne type situation because there's nothing on paper that indicates that this kid should be playing at Louisville. And I'm just, I'm just being honest. Maybe he's that good. 
I haven't seen enough to, to say one way or the other. The stats certainly are impressive. He doesn't shoot it great from three. shoots it well enough, though, from three. And the free throw numbers are, are really good. He's, he's cut down the turnovers from last year. A lot of people pointed out that he averaged four turnovers per game last season. That's gone down this year uh, in more of a primary role. So like, all of that's good. But the level of competition, you don't typically see a kid in that situation go to a place like Louisville. And I don't know what you do with that. I, I think you've got a three-player class of 2023 now that features, I think Caleb Glenn is, is number 74 in the class in the latest rankings. Curtis Williams is like 76. And now a, a junior college player that we're trying to find information on. It's not one impact player. The situation remains he's going to have to go out there and kill it in the portal. And I, I think he knows that. He has to know that. And this says to me the fact that we're taking these kids, taking a junior college player, taking Emmanuel Okorafor, and according to a lot of buzz, taking another kid from the African Basketball Academy who's supposed to be you know, waiting in the wings, which I, I think is going to be another power forward. The fact that we're doing all this says to me that we're going to have a, a total roster turnover for next season. Because surely to God, it's not going to be like these four players, these, these two kids from the African Basketball Academy, or I guess five players, the two freshmen and then the junior college player, and then like the six or seven best players from this team just staying. It's got to be complete. Like maybe you keep two, three kids from this year's team, maybe four. I think it also depends on what they want to do. But you've got to go out there and get impact transfers because I think Curtis Williams can be a good college player. I think Caleb Glenn can be a good college player. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about a core four or Corn Davis at this point. But I know that what you're bringing back and what you're combining with what we know is coming in is not going to be good enough. You've got to go out there and we'll say for the million, if you're going to be a tournament team next year or flirt with a tournament next year, it's going to have to be through the portal. It's going to have to be. And it can be done. Like that's forget the res- recruiting restrictions are done. Let's point out the most obvious example in recent years. Like I, I, I'm, I'm going to do it again, quick name drop, but without dropping the name. Another player was like, if. is it even possible for us to turn it around next year to a point where we're winning 15 to 20 games? And I said, it's possible because look at what Iowa State did just last year. They were 2-22, and fired Steve Prohm, brought in TJ Otzelberger, reloaded the roster almost entirely with transfers. They won 22 games and went to the Sweet 16. It can be done. It just takes the right coach and the right mix of players. And that's the task that Kenny Payne is now facing. The, The difference there is obviously... Otzelberger had the benefit of being the new coach and the new blood, and, and you know he wasn't a part of the two-win season. Kenny Payne's going to be a part of the two-, three-, or, or four-win season, whatever it winds up being this year, and it's going to be on him to totally redo that. It's possible, but it's going to take the portal. These kids, unless they're just way better than anybody who follows recruiting believes they are right now, are not going to single-handedly get you to a 15-plus game turnaround. It's just not going to happen. you get, you got to go out there and get players from accomplished players from smaller programs or who aren't getting the playing time that they want at bigger programs and who you believe can really help you. And that's that's it's going to that's gonna start spring. That's the biggest thing that we're all looking for right now. Right now. All right, we talked uh, through the first hour. We want to hear from you. We also have not heard at all about Trevor, K, uh, Trevor Kelsey's exploits last night in Lexington. I'm here to cheer you up after that first hour of basketball talk. We do. We need it. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to your thoughts as well. 502-414-1450. Hour number two on the way next here from the Jeffersonville University of Louisville College of Business Studios here on the Big X. So close. Never have I.
All the key sweat parts. I needed it on a Thursday. I, I needed the. I needed. The, I needed some twisted. I told. Uh, I told you. I told you the time I, I went to Key Sweat concert, right? No. I, I could swear I had. You may have. I may have forgotten about. It. I, I, I feel was, like we've talked about was, Key Sweat. It was a before. great show. It was New Edition. It was New Edition's concert, but it, it was. Uh, the opening acts were Key Sweat and uh, 702, I believe. We have talked about this because I remember we had to look up 702. Yeah, I, remember, I remember them. And L Cool J came out with Keith Sweat and did uh, did Freak Me, ooh, which was just out of nowhere, which was awesome. But the thing I always just I laugh about it now, but like I went to this concert on a date. Like I took this girl, like I had this big crush on. She was, because I, I think it was I just turned 16, so I had a license, so I just turned 16. I just, this girl was way out of my league. And she just broken up with her boyfriend, and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna ask her out." So I asked her out, and we go to this concert. It was a double date, actually, and uh, I might be the only human being ever to go to a New Edition Key Sweat concert and not even get a kiss afterwards. Oh, and it, like a week later, she's back with her boyfriend, which, who by the way, she's been with ever since, and I'm like six <laughs> kids now. So I, I don't feel totally bad about it, and I know them both. I mean, I I, I know the guy. I still know him. I've known him all my life. He's a great dude. He deserves it. She, they, they're perfect together, but. Uh, it's just I always thought it funny. Like a week later, they they got back together. And they've never been broken up ever since. Look, I'm I'm I'm, I'm what pushed her to to realize the love of her life was right or there. or <laughs> the jealousy that you created by becoming such a solid plan B. That's true. Fueled the guy to realize what he had and spurred them to to renew their love and now be together forever. Like that's that's just how much of a magnet you are. <laughs> that's what I did. That's the that's the level of pull that you have. Did you say this was your ringtone by the way? Yes, yeah, so one, once upon a time it was my ringtone. I had that was my ringtone. I think it was like freshman year of college because I loved this song. That's, that's a great song. Now, and then I, I made it the sound of settling by Death Cab for Cutie. Well, sophomore year, remember that? That's, that's ba ba. <laughs> this is the sound of settling. I know, I know, I've heard the name Death Cab for Cutie. I, I couldn't name you one song. I, I just, I've heard the name. That's the only reason I know. They're popular for a brief period. I went from there, and then I had, I bought one this of the. This was like mid two thousands, right? This was, yeah, I would say like late nineties. Okay, because I, I normally I think I knew it was like Death Cab for Cutie was with some of the younger. Oh, kids. Death Cab, no, Death Cab was was early two thousands. Yeah, when I when I worked at Pizza Box, the younger like the hostesses would talk. They that was their they liked them. That's how I knew they were. The I went from I went from songs, and then for a brief like period, of, like a few months. I bought one. Gus Johnson sold ringtones of him doing fake calls of games. <laughs> nice. And I, it was like, they're only like 99 cents. I'm like, easiest dollar I'll ever spend. And it's like, I still remember it was like, Gus Johnson here, and it's game time. Louisville trails by two. Here comes Sosa down the midcourt line at the buzzer. Oh! And it, that was the ringtone. And I'll ne- it, it was always fine. So it from the Western game? I mean, the UK game? No, I don't, I don't know how he got away with saying players' names, but he did. Like, he said Sosa. Ah, it's a ringtone. Different, different world back then. But I vividly remember waking up. At, <laughs> you know, we were all young ones. I was waking up. It was, there's a, a young lady in the room. And, like, it, it's very early. And it's 8 o'clock. And that's what, what she woke up to. It was like, Gus Johnson here, and it's game time. And she's like, what the hell? 
is that? And I was like, I'm, I'm so uh, sorry. This it, was not the way that you wanted to. I know. I'm probably, we probably run. By the it. way, I'm Mike. Yeah, I'm Mike. <laughs> now, did she start calling you Gus? No. She's <laughs> like, is that your name? I'm just joking. First of all, you don't know my name yet. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Now, did you do the caller tunes right when people called you and you, they you, they heard their music? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Briefly, I, I miss that. Well, why can't we bring that back? It's great. Gary and I were talking about that yesterday. I'm like, I'm surprised that uh, you know cell phones ever got to a point where like everybody did the same thing. Like you had so many different you know styles of cell yeah. phones. You could have different ringtones. You, you have to, like we were all more creative, and now we're just like, oh, I guess we're all gonna be. There was somebody I worked with here. I don't know. If you know I don't know if you know who. Uh, my wife is listening to the show. Uh, <laughs> just, just found that out first. Dan. It was a long time ago. It was long before you. <laughs> I knew I was gonna get you in trouble one day. <laughs> and I got myself in trouble. Uh, I did. There was a, a buddy I worked with, uh, Mike Gandolfini, uh, who the, I think the last time I called him, one time I called him, but just a couple years ago, still had the caller tunes. When you'd call me, go, please enjoy the music while you wait for your fo- person to answer the phone. And it's a theme from Rocky. Oh. And I, I was like, I was just like, I'm just love the fact. I don't even know if you can still add that to your call now. Can you even do I don't that? Th- I don't know if you can. I don't think you can. <laughs> the iPhone just made us all bow. And our, and our favorite texters say, uh, he, not, not technology, technology goes over his head. He left his phone at his house one day, and I changed it to it's raining men. So every time anybody <laughs> called him, they'd hear it's raining men. He gets, he's at work, and he's getting these like voicemails and texts like, dude, what's what's going on with your phone? He's like, what is that? He had no idea. He spent the whole day like not realizing it. I think you can. <laughs> I think you still can now, just because I've seen like TikTok videos or Twitter video, whatever they are, Instagram, where this kid always pranks his dad by changing his ringtone to like very loud sex noises, yeah, and we'll see, call him. We'll call too. him at like Home Depot in the middle of an aisle <laughs> and just like make it very loud. So I, I think you can, but I don't. It's speaking, too much work. These speaking days. of TikTok pranks, did you? See, I know you saw it because oh, yeah. I saw it on your Twitter account. The the I guess it was a Duquesne and Duquesne and I think Southern Illinois. Yeah, which on one hand it's gone too far. I'm going to be an old man here. On one I'm hand, I, I, I th- it's funny. The other hand, don't give it credit because now this is going to happen at a big event. So if you don't know what we're talking about, happen, there was a kid yeah. last night who walked onto the floor during the Duquesne game, holding stupid. a bag of McDonald's and had like a he was like. DoorDash. He was acting like he was. He's like, I'm DoorDash. I'm DoorDash. Yeah. And they they had to stop play because he was on the floor. Like he and like it. There was a reporter covering the game who had pictures of it, video of the incident. And like it's very. He's like got a, he's wearing a microphone. He's holding a cell phone, yes. recording himself. The, the, he's the, doing it for. The cameraman said there's students all around him. Yeah. With their phones. They, they knew what was yeah. going on. He's doing it for internet clout. And he like was not a DoorDash. Like they sent him. He went back into the student section after they kicked him off the court and just sat there and I guess had his McDonald's. Surprisingly, they kicked him out of the gym. I mean, so am I. Like I'm with you on being the old man. Like I, I get that the. You know the, the the quest for content. You got a new new and exciting things, but it's just that's annoying. It's, it's gonna, people are going to go to greater lengths, and it's yeah. going to be more annoying to do stuff like this. They're going to interrupt big games. Like it's just it, it seems silly and, and kind of dangerous because then it is dangerous. You're right. You're not you're not you're not lying about that. They're showing how easy it is to just go out in the basketball floor in the middle of a college game. Like that just opens a whole gigantic Pandora's box that does not need to be opened. I mean, it's going to be you're going to have some. I mean, what, what if he walks in just the player just runs into him? Right, I mean, and in that case, I mean, what if we get like a you know a Marcus Smart type situation where the exactly. player you know punches him, and then it's like, you know, I mean, player turns around, there's a kid filming him right in his face, and he instinctively just hits him. Yeah, I mean, what not do you the do? Players shouldn't do it, but I mean, I mean, you I'm can't, fine with the it. situation. Yeah, it's just 
it, it's really there's no really right answer. It's yeah, I, I chuckled at it, and uh, I mean, within seconds after chuckling watching it, I thought, oh god, same. This is gonna just, I mean, cause kids to think, oh, I can do that. That's gonna be funny. And, and I thought it was funny for, in the brief moment that I thought it was real. Exactly, exactly the same thing until I realized he also walked on the court. Like I thought he was just going like across the like the you know across the sideline, like you know with with courtside seats. Like someone like when I thought that's hilarious, but when he walked, when I was like, he walked on. Why would you walk on the court? Like you can't even be that. Like no DoorDash, Uber Eats, or whatever delivery man is even that dumb, right? Right. It's, I mean, it was silly. Um, Speaking of silly, let's talk. I, I know we've got a ton of text to get to, but I, I do want to get to your exploits last night because <laughs> exploits. I didn't. I didn't. Fl- I didn't jump over the guardrail and join the and, no and join the, the team. But we did. So we debated. If you if you didn't listen this week or when we were talking yeah. about it last week, Trevor bought very very nice tickets for last night's AEW event at Rupp Arena front row. You thought you were probably going to be on TV. I I, I had no idea I was going to be where I was. You thought you're probably going to be on TV. So we yeah. debated what shirt to wear yesterday, and you were like, "Do I go?" Big, annoying, like obnoxious UFL card head shirt. Do I go wrestling? And I think we said we're like, you know, it's it's Rupp Arena. It's going to be on TV. If you're going to be on, the card head would be kind of funny. You'll have people complaining about it. <laughs> and so you went with that. And I kid you not, you could not have been more on TV than you. I mean, I was right in the center. Right in the screen, center. Yeah. Like I thought, because my seat was 13. So I thought, okay, I, th- I don't know why I thought the row would be like 13 be near the end. Like, so I'm like, sure. okay, I'll be. I had, but what it turned out was the rows are 22 seats each. So, so 13 you're, you're is like perfect. dead in the middle, yes, almost. So you send me a, a a picture of your seat, the action, and you're like, Matt Jones directly across from me, also in the front row, but not on TV. No. I kid you not. He was actually in the second row, by the way. Five seconds after you send me that text, I get a text from Matt Jones. It's a group text. It's on. It's It's, it's a who's who. Of local radio, you got Sweeney in there. You got Dugan in there. They all texted me. Yeah. You've got you, you got you got people I don't even know in there. And he's like, and Jones is like, look at this guy. He's having the time of his life. And sends a picture of you sitting in the front row. And I'm like, it's all happening right now. You, you, he's the talk of the town. Well, <laughs> Everybody in the city who's anybody is talking about Trevor Kelsey being front and center at AEW. Like I, I, I've been there maybe two minutes, and I got there a little bit into the site. I got there on time, but. But with waiting concession stay in line, and because there's no concessions on the floor level, so I wanted to get everything before I went down. Uh, that was, I guess, maybe it was about seven fifteen, seven twenty, where so they were already recording their internet show. And uh, I sit down. I've been there two minutes. I didn't get my jacket off. My phone starts ringing. I'm like, I look down. It's Matt Jones. I'm like, why is Matt's calling me? And I saw, did, clicked in my head. I was like, oh, he's probably around here somewhere. And I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, it's looking directly across from you. I'm like, he's over there. Him and Shannon are just waving at me. I'm like, hey! I think he was there with Drew. I guess I don't. I don't know Drew. I've never met him, so I, I think that was him. But uh, I do know Shannon. I know Matt, and they were over there. Matt, don't let Matt pull you. Matt was having a blast too. Matt was getting up doing the wave during the uh, the uh, the Jungle Boy entrance. Oh, was he? Oh, he was. Oh, oh, he was doing the whole thing. He was getting. He was getting into it as well. Once again. Card Chronicle slash Big X, just doing it bigger than KSR. <laughs> my one of my favorites was uh, during the uh, during the internet show that a lot of times they'll bring in local talent to get squashed, and uh, they brought in like two guys from OBW, Tr- uh, Truth and Turbo, and Turbo looks just like uh, Anthony Edwards as Goose in in the original uh, Top Gun, the good one, and I mean just me and the people in our front row just having a blast. Like, Come on, Turbo. 
You got it, man. You got this. Yeah, you you just took three moves and got pinned, but you were just so close, Turbo. I mean, just the 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 ability to talk to the guys. I had uh, I, it's so much fun sitting right up there. I mean, I, Brian Cage Sting. got in my face. Sting, Sting would not acknowledge me. Oh. I kept I kept talking to him. He wouldn't turn around. Too good. Uh, KSR guy. Yeah. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Julia Hart, the uh, the the evil uh, woman who sits by, with Buddy uh, Matthews in House of Black. Hot former cheerleader. Uh, she wouldn't turn around and say anything to me. She 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 kept the kid. The only one that I got into the skin of was uh, Stokely Hathaway, who uh, who was with the uh, Ethan uh, Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. He gave me a couple of dirty looks, especially when I said his pants look like they came from Kmart. Love it. <laughs> That's, he just kind of gave me a look over his shoulder. Now, <laughs> my favorite part of the night was because you were front and center. And yeah. We saw you on TBS. So I, I was like, I bet people are talking about this. So I Twitter searched like AEW, the hashtag, <laughs> and then just shirt. And sure enough, like three of the first four responses. You missed are a couple like, new ones too. Yeah, I saw a couple <laughs> later, and then I think then later I searched like Louisville shirt. There were a couple people who were like, yeah. "Bleep this dude in the Louisville shirt!" Yeah. And the one guy is like, "The guy in the Louisville shirt is a straight dog." I was like, You're "Damn right, he <laughs> is." is. That, is that good or bad? About the it's way? good. It's good. Okay, but then there's some people who are like. How can this guy show his face in the U of L shirt with a one in eighteen record? I'm like, we're two and I, I so I so badly wanted to be like, uh, it's two two and seventeen pending tonight's game, pal. I, I wanted to do the same thing, but I didn't know about the game results. Yeah, and I wanted to be. I hadn't, I hadn't gotten home yet. Two I, wins. I wanted to be at least say two wins. Yeah, there was the one guy who actually tagged Coney Khan and was like, like, can we get this little loser out of the front yeah, row? I saw that too. Yeah, I'm like, dude, really. <laughs> Suck it. Did anybody give you crap at, not, at Rupp Arena? Not until, um, I will say, not crap. I got actually more applause. I had not one, two, but three people actually come up to me. I'm like, hey, you're Trevor, right? And I'm like, yeah. Love it. Love the show. Love one it. actually asked me to do a selfie with them. Love it. First time, I told you this is a joke last night, but the first time I've ever probably asked me to do a selfie that they didn't think I was Ralphie May. <laughs> like, I was like, like, they actually know I'm Trevor. All right. So, uh, and, and, and that, so that happened. The only thing I did here when I was leaving, because uh, I was on the floor, she had to go up, you know, all the way up the stairs, up to the, the uh, mid-level stairs. I, was coming, I heard a couple people like make a couple cracks, like uh, cards suck or something. Like that. But that was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it was long after the show, the, the live show had been over with, and I don't even think they were even yelled loud enough to even hear hardly hear. So I mean, I could I could hear some rumblings because just because I that's who I am, but. Uh, other than that, no, no one said a word to me. I didn't see any other Louisville shirts either, though. I mean, mostly. I mean, I didn't expect to. It was a lot, a lot of wrestling shirts, obviously. So it was everything that you wanted it to be. It oh, it was like. beautiful. I mean, I tell you, you would have had a blast too, especially sitting that even not even that close, but especially sitting that close and getting you know Mark uh, Briscoe just thrown into the the rail, being pushed back, almost knocked over my drink. Love it. That it sit next to when they when they throw them into that thing in those guardrails, they move, and uh, it's. It was awesome. I, I seen the Briscoe match. Somebody texted me. He's like, "You look a little emotional." I was like, I, "I'll try." I was hoping not to cry. I mean, <laughs> oh. when they show the video of Jay Briscoe and his daughter right before the match comes out, and Man, his daughter's like, you know, "The daughter looks at the camera, who's by the way still trying to fight for her ability to walk right now." You know, like my daddy's crazy, but he loves me. I'm like, how do you not? I mean, how do you keep a straight face with that? Yeah, that'll get you. I mean, and then you know, then he comes out and. The match. I don't. I know you probably stopped watching after the Louisville game started. If you, I did. Much. I should have kept wa- watching. But it's honestly. okay. Uh, I mean, do you go to any clip on YouTube? You're going to see me on there because I'm right there behind. You know, in the middle area, and you can't miss that giant red cardinal bird on my chest. But uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a fun night. I had a blast worth every penny. Uh, even if you're not a wrestling fan, 
It's for two hours. It's so entertaining. I mean, just you, you, you don't even have to know anything about wrestling or like wrestling. You don't even have to sit where I sat. You, I guarantee you, whether you had a beer or not, or just, or, or you know, maybe take a couple puffs, you're gonna have a good time for two hours there. It's, it's a, it's a great atmosphere. You're talking like Swisher Sweets. That too. Okay. <laughs> did Orange Cassidy wrestle last night? Uh, he did not. Wow. I, I turns out I found out he came out with the best friends right after I left, though. It's the KS Bar. The KS Bar curse. I was kind of pissed. Like I, I got, I got, I, I was driving away. when I got home. I was looking at the spoilers for for the rest of the show, and uh, I saw he did the uh, him and uh, they wrestled Jarrett and company, and I guess the main event. So I was like, oh crap! I I watched the first two matches and bounced. So I had time to drive back. Wanted to watch the little game when I got home, and uh, it was I was I was just, I was worn out. I was ready. To, I was ready to get home at that point. Especially when the uh, the Friday show, which you can see me originally, uh, the opening match was the one I really wanted to watch the most, which was uh, Wheeler Yuta, who was in some awesome uh, Eagles inspired gear. He's from Philly. Nice. Uh, all his tights were really cool looking, and then he wrestled um, uh, Adam Page, who I really like, and they had never seen live, so I stayed for that match, and then uh, then watched uh, the segment and then headed out. Now I saw on on Twitter both Sweeney and TJ Walker. We're criticizing you for wearing U of L and not Eagles gear at this moment in time to the I, event, which I, I think I think you did it perfectly because that's the reaction that you want. Yeah, I, did, I didn't see TJ because TJ I didn't see him on Twitter. I didn't see tag TJ you. said he, they didn't tag you. They're talking about you. Okay, Sweeney texted me though. Sweeney was texting me during the during, during the night because TJ's saying there's a lot of chat on the Rutherford show about him not being a true Eagles fan, which kind of makes leads me to believe that they are putting people up to this because all the he's not a real Eagles fan stuff has come out of nowhere. All the, those is fine. But he TJ says there's a lot of talk that on the Rutherford show that he's not a true Eagles fan, and this is kind of backing that up. Yeah, but, I mean, does, if I hadn't worn Louisville, would you say I'm not a true Louisville fan? Exactly. I mean. It was what, the right, you made the right listen, move. Listen, I can't believe we even debated it. It was one, perfect. One team is about to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm, I love every minute of it, but the other team needs my support more than ever. They do, and also you're making a statement. In Lexington, yeah. I mean, that shirt, that shirt stuck, saying, out, stuck out, didn't it? I saying, mean, you can't break me. I mean, That's the message that's out there right now. That's, I'm, uh, one, let's let's also, if you watched and saw me on there, let's keep in mind, remember the camera adds 10 pounds and there was like 12 cameras on me. So that, that let's keep that in mind. But uh, yeah, it's, the, the picture of everyone's showing of me with Jericho right behind him. Like, could you not have gotten a worse like moment in my face by making it? <laughs> I think I'm because I think I'm singing along. You look like a Dickens character. I, I look like I'm in like mid coitus. You're I mean, singing. Like, <laughs> you're singing in the background in part of I don't know a Christmas Carol. I can show you the video because I actually am videoing that, uh, and you can hear me singing along to the theme song as they're as they're walking up right by me and stuff. Because that's what I was doing. I was singing uh, the Judas, which you had no idea was him. Singing last night. That was the show. That was the song that ended yesterday's show. Oh, gotcha. That's yeah, no that's idea. Jericho's theme, but it's also Jericho's band that's, that plays it. He's a singer. Gotcha. So it, it's the kind of thing everybody sings, and uh, it was it, it was fun. I, one thing I, I realized also, like where I was, and you probably you you watched a little bit of it. Like when they come out and they shoot the fire off that stage, dude, the heat. I can feel the heat from that as if I'm sitting right next to it. I, 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 heard, as far I do as remember I that from like the, the two like wrestling things. Yeah, that I, I mean, I was I was like, man, I cannot, I can't imagine being somebody like in the other section right in front of it, or I mean, just the wrestlers alone that he'd has to. I mean, it hits you because I was there when Undertaker and Kane both had fire come, when they came out. Yeah, and I do remember that being like a thing where like we were not that close to it, and it still was like you could absolutely feel it. I uh, I, I will definitely uh, be looking next time there. I'm, 
I, I said I don't leave. I don't. I don't go out of the house unless I in, often. But when I do, I go first class, as you saw last night. Damn right. I mean, there's a reason. So the next time I'll be doing it. I, I'm definitely this is this is going on the book again. This now you is, said you're very sore and tired today. Is that, is that just from the just, standing up and cheering, going nuts? Well, well, mostly just actually having to walk more than I'm used to. Okay. Uh, I actually got a good parking spot. There's, while the parking at Rep Arena is just miles away from being as easy as it is at Yum Center. Like Yum Center, you just go to East Parking Lot, get there early, park there, walk right in. But uh, there's a little bit more walking with Rupp and. Yeah. Traffic was a pain to get to park, and uh, I was only—I guess it's about a half mile walk, which isn't bad. The the worst part was going uh, back up, the, going up and down the stairs. My knees don't do stairs well. It's rough. Yeah, and then and, and so you, and since I'm on the floor, I had to go. You know, going down is not bad, but when I was leaving, coming all the way back up, made the made the knees a little uh, a little jelly feeling. Well, there it is. So yeah. they're they're a little sore today. I was a little a little tight. You had to get up to pee this morning, and it, it was a struggle. You had a great experience. You had Loved better it. seats than Matt Jones. You're on TV. Matt they Jones put me wasn't. On TV. They didn't put him on TV. You're everywhere. You're, you're repping for Louisville. You're, you're generating worldwide conversation. <laughs> it was a good night for the cards off the court. Now, were you watching when Brian Cage got up in my face? I don't think I was. Like he didn't get in my face, but he just got right up in the and I stood up and told him his mohawk looked stupid. I love that. And he just ignored me. I was kind of mad. That dude's huge, man. I was watching for a little bit, and then Virginia was like, "What is this?" And she, well, you just probably watched the Jericho stuff at the very beginning. I think it was, yeah. it was early on. Yeah, and Jericho versus uh, uh, Action Andretti, and we were uh, doing dinner, start. and I, I was like, basically after I saw the, after people started sending me like text about like how they were seeing you and pictures of you, yeah. and I flipped it on, and then I knew that I was going to have to, to you know, turn the. TV over for the game, like right before Virginia went to sleep, and she was not going to like that. So I'm like, all right, you can watch 30 minutes of, of whatever. It I is. think the Cage Mickey and Mouse, Danielson match is when that happened. That was uh, that was near the top of the eight o'clock hour, I believe. His manager was wearing this red velvet jacket, and the whole time he's standing in front of me, I'm just like, dude, where'd you get the jacket? Can I have your jacket? Can I borrow your jacket? Let me have, try on your jacket. And he just kept ignoring me. Turn around, and do his little skit, and turn around and keep doing. True professional, I'll give him that. Prince Nana, true professional. There you go. It was a <laughs> great time. Jacket. Great time had by all in Lexington last night. Uh, TK repping for the cards. Probably the most positive thing that's happened uh, all basketball season <laughs> outside of the, the two wins. It was a good night. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll finally hear from you guys on the Thornton Sacks on at 502 414 1450. Boston College. I'm the perfect Wednesday I'm night. You, it felt like the vibes were perfect. It, I mean, yes. That's why I was confident. The and gym- when I got home and watching it and the way we had to leave with 11, 12 point lead, I'm like, the, the stars are freaking aligning here, people. You had the Cora 4 era starting. You had Kenny Payne ditching the Star Trek outfit. You had a 12-point first-half lead. You had TK all over TV. You had BC not being very good. It felt like everything yes. was right, and then we didn't even cover, which is— We did exactly what EMU did. I feel like we're being parallel now. EMU, like, they thought they were going to get their win over Toledo. And they choke it away. They are saying it's college basketball's new hottest rivalry. <laughs> they may not play. Somebody saw posted on Facebook. It's like, why the hell did Scoots even pick EMU? Like, that's kind of a long story. If you have to ask, yeah. you'll never know. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It rolls on next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
your problems, baby And I got mine Let's just spend it all by putting it together Yeah If you say you love me, it don't mean nothing If you can, you be there like you used to be Yeah I'm searching for the words to make you realize that I really, really want you to stay Tears oh. of frustration I hold inside But if you look away You'll make this chromate cry Don't leave Don't turn the ball Welcome back in Thursday edition of the for Show rolling on here on 1450 The Big X. We're over here in Jeffersonville at the Satellite U of L College of Business Studios. It is. Uh, it's 35 degrees in here. It's it's, it's freezing. It's, technically, it's 63. It is so cold. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> now, I've also got to say, we've talked about this place many times. In the, you at least got the, a jacket, don't you? I do. I probably need to put the jacket back on. I'm surprised on. you're not wearing it. I'd be wearing mine if it's I had so it. so cold. <laughs> we've, we've talked about the charms of this place many times. I just went to the bathroom. Oh, good. Okay. Do you know what I'm about to say? <laughs> no, I know what you're going to say, because if it's the same thing I said when I went to the bathroom last week while working a high school game. No, this is new. Okay. because This wasn't here on Tuesday, but I need to know the story here. There is... Like the bathroom's in good working order. We've had yeah. the toilet's been. Br- there was a time here where you were like, "You should just pee outside." I'm like, "I'm peeing out. <laughs> what are we doing? I'm peeing outside on the side of the building." First of all, who doesn't like to pee outside on occasion? I, I mean, it's fine. It, yeah. it, it, it is good. It just in the middle of a radio show, it feels a little bit unnecessary. <laughs> Running out the door, run door. <laughs> it was. I, I did. I, you got to do what you got to do. But so the bathroom here is. It's back in working order. They've got toilet paper now. It's good. But when I just went to pee, there's a. On the back of the toilet. Okay, no, this isn't new. This was there last week. Did I just not notice it on you Tuesday? You must not, because I know exactly what you're going to There's gonna a ask. bowl full of water yes. with a spoon in it. No, is it just one now? There's just one spoon in last it. Last week, it was four buckets. I texted my buddy after. I should have texted it's you. It's a glass bowl that's almost full of water with a spoon in it. I texted someone after I used the bathroom last week, and I said, correct, I don't know if I'm right or wrong here, but is it weird to have four, because this is what it was last week, four bowls. With water, all with plastic silverware soaking in it. That pla- it was plastic. This glass is a glass spoon. spoon. This is a glass no, spoon just no, resting this one in there. This was plastic. Like he took some not glass, but you know what I'm saying. Like a spork from KFC and was like, "I'm gonna soak it in some water." I there was four of them, and I my thought, first thought was there's some sort of leak coming from the ceiling. <laughs> is this normal? But then yeah. why the spoon? I've got so many questions, and they, I, I just they're never gonna be answered. So I may as well just like, stop. It was there just no other space to soak your, your no, silverware. It's one. It's a relatively large. It's a, Medium-sized bowl, bigger than like an average cereal bowl, yeah, almost filled to the brim with water, and yeah. then a spoon just resting in there—a normal <laughs> silver spoon just sitting there. You just eating cereal out of with water, and just I don't know what's happening here. I never know well, what's what, happening. What, what is he? <laughs> it's just—I—I I, I saw it. I'm like, I, saw, I know exactly what you're talking. I, I was just hoping that you had the answer. <laughs> no, it's and it's less than it was last week when I did the, or earlier this week when I did the game. You just didn't notice it on Tuesday. I guess I didn't. Because I did that game last Friday, I guess, and it was the first time I noticed it. Unreal. And I thought, because I'm, I'm sitting there peeing, and I look up, I'm like, 
huh? <laughs> what's there? That's, that's what I'm trying. I kept trying to think, raking my brain. What's the purpose of it? Like what? Like one, who so who soaks silverware in water? I don't know. In don't regular know. water, and B, why would you put it in the back of the toilet seat? It's gonna be frozen solid here in about five minutes because it's twelve degrees in here. I love, love how it keeps getting colder and colder. It is. It's, my my mood is just getting colder and colder. I, I, I'm not. Listen, I, I said there's a break to you. I was like, you've got to be cold because I'm pretty warm blooded. I, I it takes a lot to make me cold. It's freezing. And I'm over here. I mean, uh, nipples have been up since we okay. got walked in the door. I've got goosebumps constantly. Like I'm over here pulling my arm in my side of my shirt during the breaks. Yeah, to, my hands are freezing. Yeah, like yeah, I'm going my hands. To All my right, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thorns text line, as tends to be the case on days immediately following. <laughs> particularly upsetting Louisville basketball losses. We have lots of text to get to. We will try to do our best to get for, to as many for, as possible. For the record, I would like to point out we did we've done that one one we did the show from here this week and we didn't win the midweek game. We did. We didn't do it on the day of the game, though. No, no. Well, which we is couldn't have done our only yeah. midweek win. We did the show from over here <laughs> on that day. <sighs> All right. All right. Thirty minutes of text. It, I mean, well, now you have like twenty, but we'll we'll get to as many as we can here. Okay. Texter says, "I'll start with this one because they say I start with the positive with my positive text." And it just and I open it up and it just says, "I loved seeing TK on TV last night." <laughs> so there you go. That's the biggest positive from the basketball game was you being at a wrestling event on television on a completely different channel. I had a blast. So you probably didn't get to hear, you know, we were talking about the announcers, how we'd never heard of the first guy, and the, well, the second person, I don't think, had done a game. I listened to, I listened to a lot of the show after I left when I was driving up there. Was, uh, was that not when you were on? When I was talking about how yeah. we didn't know the... Uh, oh, no, actually, no, I think you did bring it up, yeah. No, I think I was well when you did that, yeah. It was John Metterperil and Malcolm Huckabee. Yes, was yes, the announcers. yes. No, I, was, I was with you before. That was right before I left, yeah. And they were struggling last night. They, they were like, it's been... At one point, I think the the Metaparol guy goes, "It's been a tale of two stories." And I was like, <laughs> I saw Keith Pointer pointed out on Twitter, and I was like, "It was the worst of times. It was the most unfavorable of times." <laughs> just like, I mean, come on, man. I honestly, because because I started the game so late, I was. Just, I think their commentary kind of went in one ear and out the other with me. The other thing that stood out was, I, I think it was the 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 play by play guy who said, "You know, they're zero and eight in the ACC." But it's a deceiving zero and eight, <laughs> and I wanted to be like, no, it's really not. It's, it's that's pretty pretty plain and simple. They're so close <laughs> to being seven and one. I was like, well, it's deceiving if you want to say like they should have beaten Syracuse and they they should be one and seven right now. But it's not deceiving if you're trying to say they're actually way better than the record would indicate. Because as much as I'd love to argue that, we are not. Uh, our record, being the three hundred first ranked Ken Palm <laughs> team in America, is. Pretty much where it should be. I feel be. like the two things that stuck out the announcers most to me last night was one. Excuse me. Uh, we brought up when they they had to had to not let it slide that the graphic showed this was our biggest lead in ACC conference play his, this year with ten point lead, but also how we are just one one point loss away from breaking the all time ACC record. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get there. That's <laughs> great. What a great honor to have, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm trying my best to keep it lighthearted down the stretch during games, like on social media. And when we cut it to when it was like a two point game with, I don't know, four minutes to go, five minutes to go, whatever that was, I was like, I don't know, guys. I kind of like our chances if this winds up being a one point game. <laughs> and people just like are furious. Like, you, you can't say anything. They're just like, they're like, oh, what, laugh it up. Like, I, have you not seen that we've lost four games by one point? I'm like, yeah, I'm aware of the stat. It's the joke. That's when, that's when you need to reply with the, the Chris Griffin, what? You just can't tweet anything. You just you, you can't say anything right now. People are on edge. It's the way it is. But uh, we did not, unfortunately. In hindsight, if we were going to be this bad, 
I sort of go back to my my take after the was the right state game. I think was the third one, the last one point loss to start the season. It would have been funnier and probably better if we'd lost every game this year by one point. I mean, we'd probably be we if we lost every game this season by one point, we'd be higher in the metrics than we are right now. Oh yeah, with two wins. I would have to believe that, yeah. And everybody would remember us forever. Although they might, if we go two and twenty nine, they may they may still remember us forever. But what are you going to do? Uh, Texture says I can confirm the let uh, the, the, the Corn Davis team. They did play the last chance U school Elac at some point this season. They played to them and they lost by seventeen on the sixth of this month. There you go. Okay. Maybe they'll be in. Well, th- there's no new season. The cameras aren't with the Elac this year, so. So last chance you was doing a uh, OVW thing too as well, if I heard right. I know there's an OVW documentary. Yeah, and I guess out, it's but from, I don't know. Is it the same people? It's from the people who yeah are involved in Last Chance U. I don't think it's falling under the umbrella of calling it Last Chance U like OVW version, but uh, yeah. I, but I haven't heard anything of like when they're actually like they were, like they started filming back like I believe May. It's, I believe it's coming out in February. Is oh, what that I one heard. Is okay. So it's it's been the worst kept secret here locally for a long time. I know that like. Matt and the, the KSR people and the OVW people were like trying to because they've had cameras following them around. They've been like they've been talking about it, but in in no certain terms. And then when we had Al Snow on the radio show, he straight up was like, "Yeah, they're doing a documentary about us for Netflix." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I was like, oh, we can, can we talk about this?" And it turns out that they've been yeah. I, I think it's going it to was be back in May is when they supposedly filmed it. I started filming a lot of this stuff. They've, yeah, they've been with because they've been filming at like yeah. KSR bar and and with Matt and doing a lot of stuff. Apparently, like the the show in Nashville. I know they were there and. Uh, I mean, it, curious. I don't. I'll watch it. I mean, I can't believe we didn't get interviewed. I'm a little surprised we didn't. Should have gotten some sort of love, but that's okay. I mean, that's okay. Texas says my only Louisville fan positive of the week was TK front row at Corrupt <laughs> Arena. There you, we're sensing a theme already with these texts going back to the three o'clock hour. Had to bring the Cardinals into rub. Texas says, is, is it crazy? Is it a crazy take to say that we just need bench depth? Starting five minus Curry is actually good and will only get better. They're just gassed by the end of games. Uh, that was a question brought up to Weathers, I think, after the game as well. I remember who asked him. And, you know, he said, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, I'm not. I think bench is overrated in college basketball to a degree. I mean, we, we're six deep right now. And with all the timeouts you get, these are young men. I think we're, I don't think it's bench is a problem. I think it is. Really? I, I think, I mean, yeah, like you said, we're six deep. You need to at least be seven deep. And, and, I, I don't think it's the biggest problem. I think the biggest problem is we don't have guards. Like that that's wow, yeah. very like you've got nobody to play with. We've got a and we, we said this going into the season. Like I I'm sorry, I didn't want to be the person who was like L. Ellis is not a point guard. I'm sorry. I know he's saying that he is. I know the coaching staff is saying that he's going to play that. He is a two guard who's going to try to play point. We have a two guard playing point guard. We've got a small forward in Mike James. Who's playing the two? Sometimes the point. We've got. I mean, Kamari Lands is is doing the best he can, but he cannot make a shot to save his life right now, and he's playing the the three. And then all these big guys that we thought were going to be the strength of the team have been more or less underwhelming. Like we just the lack of a running mate for L. Ellis and the lack of a capable second ball handler is what's killing this team. Do I think you know you need more than five points from your bench? Trainer gave you five last night. Nobody else is playing decent minutes. Roosevelt Wheeler is. Well, it, it I, seemed, if you're talking, I know I said that I wasn't going to try to project what guys are going to do after the year because I don't have inside info on like like everybody seemed to have last year. But Roosevelt Wheeler, the fact that he was in the doghouse to start the season, the fact that his body language seems to indi- he seems like a guy. If you're trying to circle players who are ready for this to be over and ready to move on to their next step, he would be an easy one to project. He's not giving you much right now. I know you would have preferred that seventh, because trainer would be, be considered trainer the sixth guy. Yeah. Off the bench, that seventh guy would be a guard, but 
the seventh guy would be probably, I would think, Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Who, if he I, was healthy, which we don't know what's going uh, yeah, on. Yeah, I'd say, do, I, I, have you, do we know anything else? Because I, I watched the post game. Yeah, we're spitting on myself. I watched the, uh, you know, the post game interview with Payne and Withers after afterwards after I watched the game. But I didn't. I mean, I heard nothing about BHH. I mean, do we know anything? I mean, All he said on Tuesday was that it's doubtful that we see the court soon. So. I don't. It, I mean, is it broken? Is it a sprain? We have no I mean, idea. It, it sounds like if we do see Brandon Huntley Hatfield, it's going to be much later in the season. And I think it certainly feels like there's a very real chance that we don't see him play again. I mean, this is. I'm I'm not starting any rumors and don't go to the message Same. boards and say Rodzer does. This feels like this is not injury related, right? I don't know. Like I, I don't want to I mean, say this, that this, I because mean, I see I, why I, people I are saying that, but I've got no, I've got zero insight. Well, there. people are saying, and I don't either. I mean, but if people are saying it, there's the reason there's smoke, there's fire. There's, I mean, the maybe, fact but we don't know. We're getting nothing. I mean, can you at least say, hey, it was, uh, you know, this play. You know, he's not on. I don't see. I'm, is he on the sidelines? I didn't see well, him. Practice is what the. Well, I mean, that's yeah, what we said. It's it's pretty convenient. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I can see why people will say that. I'm not going to dive into there just because I don't. Also, I'm not going to say it, but I see where they where they're getting it from. And it, the people who are saying it are not like, it's not the publishers of the message boards. It's not people who may have s- some good sources. It's just people out there being like, "Hey, it seems kind of weird." I get that it seems kind of weird. I can see why people are jumping to that conclusion. I'm not all I can do right now because I again I don't have yeah I don't either. people on the inside there is take Kenny Payne at, at for his word right now, which is him consistently saying it's a foot injury. It, it is strange how it went from. You know, this is a day-to-day thing. I'm hoping to get good news here at the end of the week. To him being vague on Tuesday and just saying, like, I don't think he's he's doubtful to get back on the floor soon. I mean, the distance he's been out for a foot injury. I mean, you're, that's got to be a, almost almost a break, right? You think? I mean, foot injuries on big guys I know are tough, but I know. But I mean, if to miss uh, oh, two games now over a week span, I mean, that's that that that's got to be a serious injury if it is, yeah. if it is an injury. Texture says we made a run and Ellis made a layup to go up eight and BC immediately took a timeout. Zero plays, zero players ran over to give him a high five or celebrate at all. You you see that a lot. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you see, I mean, when L got hurt, you had guys just kind of like casually walking over, nobody like bending down to, to talk to him or motion for a trainer to come out. It just, it, I, I know that culture has been talked about so much. And I guess you just have to hope that it's again you ha- you have to hope that it's just the players. You have to hope that all the people who are like the players, the problem, nothing else, nothing more. You have to hope that they're right because they very clearly, at least too many of them, are not fully buying in to what's the attempt to to sell them on something here. <laughs> so I saw a tweet that said Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy said Jerry Jones has told him he wants McCarthy to coach here at Dallas as long as Tom Landry did. The guy that tweeted it right below says, three years down, 26 to go, fellas. <laughs> that just made me laugh. I'm sorry. Texas says, Mike, explain to me why they stopped feeding Mike James after he jumped out to a quick 10 points before 10 minutes had passed in the first half. Also, can we please get rid of everyone on the team except for Mike James and the new guy? <laughs> I want Jalen gone. I want Sid gone. I want BHH gone. Their attitudes are pitiful, and I'm done with them. I don't think they stopped beating it. James was was a center point of the offense the whole night. I mean, here's what what, what changed was Boston College changed the way they were defending him, which good teams will do that when they're getting lit up by a player. <laughs> they will alter what they're doing defensively. They saw that that. James would start on the wing, shift to the corner when L would make his drive, and then they were losing sight of him, 
playing their defense, and James was getting a couple of open corner looks. They cut that out real quick. They said, you know, I don't, don't worry about overhelping. If Ellis gets to the rim and makes a play, let him make a play. We've got a seven-foot dude from Amsterdam there that can alter the shot. Stay on James. Stay on James. And My man from Amsterdam. They did a good job defending him. When he did try to make moves to the lane, when the, the three was accurately defended, they did a good job walling up and not letting him, uh, not, not fouling him, not letting him get easy layups. And then when he tried to play the point, he got way too turnover prone because he's not—he's still not great at handling the ball. As far as getting rid of everybody, I don't think anybody's going. I, I will say, as far as Jalen Withers is concerned, he had one of those games that we see like every sixth, seventh, eighth game from Jalen for the last three years, where you're like, "Damn, like, like you—he should be a really good college player. Yeah. He's got the skill set. He needs the confidence. He just can't put it all together on any sort of consistent basis." But he like he kept us in that game last night in the second half when everybody else was wilting. I think unfortunately he's just kind of in a bad matchup with this with this offense that Penny Payne wants it to be, which is pretty much just we spread said that out last year too, and spread out and go one on one. And that's just I mean Withers is not he's just there's not a lot of people he can just take off the dribble one on one. Very few actually. There's not. He's he does well when he's playing inside of a system, and I think he does have a skill set, and I think he is a it can be an impact player. I mean, I don't impact to a degree of maybe like a guy that's going to give you like 10 or 11 points a game on average, be a kind of a third or fourth option maybe on a, a Final Four contender level team. But I, we asked him to just take the ball and, and get on the wing and go one-on-one. We asked Mike James to do it and else. To, and it's, it's not it's not their strength. It's, they're not dribbling past almost anybody. In fact, it's been a, one of the reasons it's caused as many turnovers as it has is, is watching Withers try to do it. For sure. And I feel bad because, I mean, the kid's trying. It's just – it's not – I mean – you wouldn't ask me to run upstairs like you wouldn't ask him to dribble down the court. For sure. Uh, there is a picture from, uh, this is last night's game, of Brandon Huntley-Hatfield was there. Oh, he was. Wearing, with a boot on his foot, on his right Him foot. being there is a positive. And that, that, that's, I mean, obviously you don't want to see the boot on him, but the fact he's, he traveled with the team tells you that yeah. he's going to travel probably to Notre Dame with them as well. That means that there is any conspiracy to his injury, I think you can flush that down the toilet. Yeah, he's out there standing next to Danny Manning before okay. the game during the National Anthem. Good. Wearing a boot. So, well, not that he's in a boot, but, but you know. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Texture says, seeing Juco commits at this stage in the KP experiment is unsettling. If recruiting is a bust, what else is there to be hopeful about for next season? I don't care if it's a Juco. I just want it to be talented. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, where we get them, I mean, Steve Francis came from Juco, Larry Johnson came from Juco, Mitch Richmond came from Juco. Juco can produce some talent. It's just a matter of whether you find the right one. I mean, we've been hit or miss with Juco. I mean, hell, El Hos and Cindy Curry are both Jucos. Technically, yeah. yeah we had, yeah. you know, Jay Scrub was supposed to come here. He didn't. Um, Chris Jones was a Juco who was you know, hit or miss. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the difference between. Those guys that we're talking about, even if you want to go back to, to Dante Smith in the early 2000s, they all were top five overall JUCO players. And, yeah. I, and I, get, I get that rankings aren't everything, but there's nothing anywhere about this guy. Like, like he may be the best JUCO that's out there. I've got no idea. But if he is, everybody else in the world is missing. Even the ones Patino missed with, like, was it Prudu Davis? Prudu Davis. I mean, those guys were still decently recruits, though. They all were top five JUCO Yeah, they players. were still, they didn't pan out, but of course he had injury problems, but. I think, and I know there's another couple other ones I'm forgetting, but yeah, because Tino went with these had a couple misses, but like you said, they were still top five. They weren't kids that you have to search through the internet like, like and not find anything. Yeah, and, uh, like you're going through the backwoods of, of, of 
of the Amazon trying to find a, a hidden spider for arachnophobia. Hey, don't get me wrong. I, I want to see the kid play. I want to give him a fair shake. I want to see. I mean, his numbers, if you're averaging 25.2 points per game at any level of college, you can play. But let's just be real. Like, like we're almost a full year into Kenny Payne being the head coach here. Yeah. We're on this is still his first full recruiting cycle. There's nobody who was thinking that that in January of 2023 we were going to be taking commitments from junior college players that have no recruiting profiles. That that we, you know, have to to work this hard to find information about. I'm not saying it can't still wind up being a good thing, but you know, all this talk of we're going to get guys, that's the one thing that you know, we're going to get players. We thought it was going to be very easy to find information about the players who were committing <laughs> to Louisville at this point. It should be charts the internet. Quick Google search, a little look at the rivals profile, a lot of newspaper articles out there about them. Boom, Ooh. bam, done. We'll either get excited about who else has recruited them or we'll take insults because they're going to be recruited by Ohio or something like that. I mean, like, We kind of thought these days were behind us, right? Where it was, he might be good, he might not be good. All of us are just guessing because nobody has seen this kid play. And instead, here we are, and I, I, I guess you have to hope that this is still fallout from the NCAA stuff, and you know, I mean, he, he couldn't get kids in the 2023 class, and now he's scrambling, and we're going to finally see it in 2024. But I'll, I'll say the same thing that I said again. When recruiting experts talk about Louisville's efforts right now with the 2024 class and the kids that they brought in, whether it was Louisville Live or other weekends, they're all saying that right now for those five-star kids, the, the, the kids that they've prioritized the most, they lead for none of them. We've got a commit from T.J. Robinson, who I, I I'll say again, I, I, he's a guy. If you're looking for diamond in the rough, he's he's back end. He's not even in the top 150 in some of these rankings. I, I do think that's not this class coming up. That's, that's one 2024. After. Yeah, yeah, right. I think he's going to be a good college player, but okay. what he's not going to be is a player who comes in and I think it immediately changes the face of your program, the trajectory of your program. You need a couple of those kids in 2024, but. Like there is a very real chance if this year, if this season coming up. Is it all like reminiscent of of the one that we're going through right now? I, I don't think he can get a year three. If if you don't get double digit wins in year two, I don't think it matters what you're doing in the, with the twenty twenty four class. No, I, like, I he has got to get this roster for next season, and he knows this in a place where it's at least competitive. And for the millionth time, it's going to take killing it in the transfer portal because I don't think I I don't, I don't know. We still have no idea what a core four can do. We don't know what Coran Davis can do. Coran Davis, we Glenn and, and Williams can help long term. I don't know if they're instant impact guys. Like, like how good are the players who come back? Like, like, how much are they going to improve? We haven't seen the development that we're hoping from a lot of these guys for next season. You've just got way too many question marks. And I think, while I think that I, I can't envision a world, it's the million dollar question. I cannot envision a world where Josh Hurd pulls the plug on Kenny Payne after year one. I can absolutely envision a world where Josh Hurd pulls the plug on Kenny Payne after year two if he's eight and twenty-four oh, or yeah. seven and you know, God forbid worse. Like he's got to get this thing going sooner than than maybe he thinks he does. I mean, the transfer portals. Right, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about um, the the JUCO kid other than the highlight I just watched where he looked like. Kind of like with Lamelo Ball out there with that shot in an afro, but it's a little low. Yeah, a little low, and I'm not a big fan of it. But nonetheless, Cali style. Uh, is, is that what it is? Even though he's from, he's Gary, from Gary, Indiana. Indiana yeah, that's <laughs> where they shoot in Cali. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> Southwest LA, Gary, Indiana. They're 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 one and the same, right? I mean, it's basically Chicago. Yeah, it pretty much is. I love the Gary, Indiana story, especially the ones of hands of Jimmy used to tell me when he went to go visit Jerome Harmon there, but. 
Um, <laughs> I might tell you that one off the air, <laughs> but but the, uh, the the and the Glenn kid like uh, I've watched play. I mean, yeah, not not to maybe it's the male thing, but he kind of reminds me of like Larry O'Bannon when he came out of high school, where he's just kind of that tweener guard. He's he's got like a little mid range. LeBron obviously Larry improved heavily because of great coaching. I don't know if we can get that out of him with, with Glenn and 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 Kenny Payne, but hopefully so. So all that said, and I don't know anything about the Williams kid other than the highlights I've watched, and they're, they're few and far between. So all that said, those three nothing makes me my tight my my pants feel tighter looking at this class in terms of how it's going to make this team any better next year. So therefore, yes, you've got to go in the transport, and we don't know who that's going to be in the portal now, which is kind of the mystery of it all. We know you'll have opportunities, though. But you're going to have opportunities. You're going to have plenty of options. You got to go out there. I mean, if this team gets anything short of four. Decently impactful feeling players in the portal, then this team has failed as a coaching staff in this offseason. Look, I know that when we talk about Kenny Payne as the recruiter, it was under different circumstances. It was the pre, you know, one year transfer, pre NIL, and we were talking about 16, 17, 18 year old kids coming out of high school that were five stars. I don't care. If he is the recruiting messiah that he was built out to be when people were pitching him for this job. Don't forget he's the big man messiah, too. Well, that too. But but if, if he is this recruiting guru who's going to get you players, you've got to prove it with some of these transfers. Oh, yeah. Whatever you did so effectively to land all those guys at UK, you've got to give them that same sell. Whatever it takes, you've got to find instant impact guys who are willing to take a chance on you, go to a place like Louisville and say, I want to be a part of turning this thing around. The, the fans are passionate you can win titles there. You're going to play against Duke and Carolina, Kentucky on national TV. I want to be a part of that. Like wh- Whatever the sell is, he's got to get that done, or else I don't see him getting a, a third year. I mean, uh, we got to go to break. Get a three out of it, he's a better coach than I'm giving him credit for right now. Yeah, we, we got to go to break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hour, we, we somehow got more text while we were reading text, so we've got a mountain of text to try to get through. We can rehash some of our thoughts on the BC game and maybe get a little bit lighthearted. All, all that coming your way here in the 5 o'clock hour. Keep it locked right here. On 1450 and 5 o'clock hour here with Mike Rutherford Show on a Thursday. Yeah. 14.50 at 96.1 The Big X. What was that? You don't know the song, I do. I just don't know the words. You look Gregory Abbott like it. Here we go. You are. I like it. I like what's happening. A little bit of a somber note to start the, the, the 5 o'clock hour. I mean, more somber than basketball talk, which is somber in its own right, but it is the three-year anniversary of the death of Kobe Bryant, which I think oh, is, wow, is, is one of the, when we talk about anybody who's, I mean, really, probably any age, 
if you talk about most shocking deaths of their lifetimes, that's going to be at the top of, of just about everybody's list. I sort of remember it in the because I remember where I was when I found out. I remember like refreshing Twitter a bunch just to hope that that I saw something saying that was a the initial report from I think TMZ was inaccurate. You keep like, you're like there's no way because usually when when somebody that famous dies there, there's multiple reports you have the first one that like mm. something happened and we're trying to find out what but it, it might not be good instead the very first time that we heard anything about this it was helicopter crash he's dead and, and then you're working for that it was just so so stunning i also sort of now always remember it like in the same vein in a weird way of Aaliyah died in 2001, like right before 9-11. It was like a month before 9-11. I didn't remember. I don't remember Aaliyah's passing, but I didn't remember the, the, the date. I didn't know that. And I sort of always remember that as like, oh, yeah, it, 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 it was so terrible. It was so unexpected, and it happened right before 9-11. And now I always kind of think of Kobe Bryant's death as it was like the, the, the last big news story that I remember before COVID happened and before oh, you know, yeah. COVID changed everything. It was like, you know, that was what people were still coping with and reacting to when – the world shut down in early March 2020, but very, very sad to see it. It's always sad, but it is always cool when you see the, you know, people posting their, you know, tributes and, and telling good stories and old videos resurfacing. Yeah, I mean, it's all, the only good thing that comes out of stuff like this, but still very sad thinking about the fact that it's still very weird. Think about the fact that Kobe's not here. It, it is weird. I mean, and, and, and those who know me, I'm, I was not the biggest Kobe I wasn't fan. either. I mean, I... I've spent most of my time when, when he was with us telling how he's one of the probably most overrated players in NBA history, to be honest with you. Uh, and But that being said, not all that aside, I don't you know want this to happen. I mean, I didn't want the, you know that to happen, obviously. Didn't like him as a player, but uh, it's – I mean, it's right up there. It's, it's only been three years. It's crazy. Like, where does that rank, like, in your life? Because, I mean, we, we're pretty similar parallel lifetimes. I mean, I'm only just a few years ahead of you. I mean, where – like moments that just you had, I mean, just kind of like you said, made your jaw drop to the floor a little bit. You know, like um, I mean, there's some that are going to be more personal to others. You know, the Jay Briscoe news recently for me last week was really hit me hard as a wrestling fan, and even Brody 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 Lee two years earlier, way when he passed suddenly in the wrestling world. But like those don't rank. No offense to them and their their impact and their their business, but those don't rank. You know, with Kobe, like Kobe, I think right there with. You know, waking up and hearing Kurt Loader telling me that, you know, uh, uh, Kurt Cobain is dead. You know, that that's that that's yeah. where, I mean, that's the level Kobe's at with me in terms of, I think, also impact on this world. Yeah, if we're talking about just death, I, the the ones that stand out to me, Robin Williams floored me. Uh, that, that one was that huge. one was yeah. was shocking yeah. out of nowhere. I mean, that's well, that's where I'm going with is this out of nowhere type effect but yeah i also remember when how big of a story it was this wasn't somebody that like i idolized or even really knew that much about but i just remember it being a huge national story when when jfk jr died i remember that being yeah. like playing wreck yeah yeah i was playing i was going to play golf at crescent hill with a buddy when i was like i think probably 12 13 14 and that just being so shocking the only other one that that stands out when it comes to my mind immediately is I was a really big fan of Elliot Smith, who did the music in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, did the, Got, uh, the song in um, uh, up, uh, air up There or whatever. Right. Or, uh, or up or whatever. Angel in the Snow, I think, was in that movie. Yeah. He's like, I was a huge fan, especially in college, and it was my freshman year of college, and I was visiting Lexington, and I was just about to like pass on the floor out on the floor of a buddy's dorm room, and they had MTV on in the background. And it was, like you said, with Kurt Loder, like they came, they're like, breaking news, like Elliot Smith found, and I was like, that's how I found out. Like, and it, it was 
I remember that being just shocking at yeah, the time. But I mean, it, was, it was all those were were terrible. Prince and, and Michael also were just kind of because both overdoses kind of out of. I mean, Co- I think Kobe is a little different because it's so young too. I mean, like not not to take anything away from Prince and you know Michael, but and Prince, I think they, they affect a lot of people heavily as well. But you know those, I mean they they were they we'd had them for so long. Like Kobe just seems like I know he just retired. It's just the just the beginning, and that's that's what for makes sure. it so. You know, so so impactful. It is a sad thing. As like in far more important news, I got like, to, I got to see, get sit third row at the Pacer game, his last game in Indianapolis. That's cool. And, and I, you know what? As as someone who Kobe, who was a big competitor, I'm sure appreciated this. While everyone was still cheering him, I booed him every second of that game. And that guy next to me, I remember <laughs> asking, me, he goes, "It's his retirement." I said, "I don't care. I remember 2000." And the guy, the guy behind me goes, he's right. Screw you, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> he never, he never, he gave me one little look one time, but he never really acknowledged me. You know what? I and he missed the game winner. By the way, we won that game. Pacers did. It, far more important news. Yeah. I, I see the I get the the people email today. Always comes right here at the five o'clock hour, and I always just glance. <laughs> and guess what, what it's about? Prince Harry done. You're damn right. Lead, Prince- lead story today. Prince Harry says he and Meghan Markle shared their pregnancy news at Princess Eugenie's wedding. I don't know if that's Eugenie, like Eugenio Suarez, but Eugenie's wedding uh, starting tomorrow. We're gonna have a new like open for this segment. What are Prince Harry up to? <laughs> what is Harry and Meghan up to today? <laughs> I think I want to use like the. The music from like a news. Uh, it's unbelievable. The Moraldo show or something. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, we've had. Uh, so, so wait, she's pregnant? No, they, they they're they're sharing about when they did share their past pregnancy news. Oh, I've got she's got a kid now. Oh, she does. I didn't know she. Had, yeah. Wow. That's so much I miss. I miss no pregnancy. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, how could you possibly not know this? I haven't been married that long, have they? Yeah, it's been what? I mean, it's been like five, six years now. That's right, I guess. Yeah, because they got married the same time. Twenty seventeen or so. It was, it was the same time that the, yeah that uh, Wentz was making his run. Yeah, so yeah. you're right. It's, <laughs> I like I like how you frame things. I, t- <laughs> I didn't even know who Prince Harry was until Carson Wentz and him started looking alike. That's fine. That's, That's always I know who he is. That's all good. It's been a uh, a big week for Trevor. It's going to continue to be a big week. We were talking about this yesterday. Oh, I mean, yeah. you've got you, you TV star now. Last night, yeah, Cards lost a winnable game, yeah. but we got. Corin Davis, Coran Davis, we're we're riding high. I can say a co- uh, um, a core four, a core four. Don't he? Don't I, sorry. I, I, don't step on my parade. I'm sorry. It's my it's my a core four. Nailed it. A core four. Look at that. A core four. No problem whatsoever. And then this weekend you've got you're still rocking the Eagles gear. This is two straight weeks yeah. of nothing but Eagles gear for the show. A Super Bowl shirt here today. Wish I'd worn the sweatshirt again, but. I actually meant to grab my sweatshirt, and I just I don't know why I didn't. Are you transitioning back to jerseys for tomorrow? Because jerseys were late last week. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, I think I will. I think I'll go to jersey tomorrow, not tomorrow after the show. Drum but I got, I got a. I'll probably yeah, because I can bring a switch of clothes. Because after our show tomorrow, I got to come back up here and do the Southern Indiana game. By the way, we've got uh, Louisville women's basketball here in less than an hour. They're going to tip off yeah. at Wake Forest in Winston Salem. It's a six o'clock tip off, which is why we're over here tonight. You can come listen to all man, the action. On 970 WGTK, I believe you can watch the game on the ACC network. So, go Cards. They need to win. They've got Wake tonight and then Syracuse on Sunday at noon. Two road games. It would be nice to get these two road games before what should be a, a really good environment next Sunday when North Carolina comes, comes to the KFC Yum Center. They got If they're going to start, you know, Clicking and making this run to where people view them as a dark horse Final Four contender, a team that can make some noise in the NCAA tournament, it sort of feels like it needs to start now, and hopefully they can get that dub tonight over Wake Forest. Again, 6 o'clock tip-off. Listen to all the action. 
on 970 WGTK. All yeah. right. Uh, we've talked, we spent most of the show today talking about last night's game against Boston College. We did talk about the Corin Davis news uh, and Trevor's experience last night at, at WWE. As, oh, whoa, no. Sorry, AEW. I'm sorry. I, I did not whoa, mean to do that. Whoa, whoa, I'm whoa, sorry. Whoa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I just insulted your child. I'm so sorry. This is what they would kick me in the groin, man. It's my bad. <laughs> my bad. It's okay. Uh, we have not taken as many texts. We have 47 unread texts right now. Do least. we really? Yeah, and, and we're going to try to get to as many as we can. We, this is your show. We always love, especially when there's time to vent. When there's time to celebrate, we love hearing from you. But when it, there's time to vent, we certainly want to hear from you then as well. Because look. Times aren't great. People have thoughts. You want to express those thoughts? This is the place to do it. I love what we do is we try to read them, and then once you read one, we spend like 20 minutes talking about that one text. That's kind of how it works. That's how it works. And that, we need to get better at that. I know we do. So 502-414-1450. We'll take some text from you guys. Uh, Texture says, I knew we were beat when posted the Euro from the three-point line. That was that, that was a bad moment. I still, I, I'm not going to take 20 minutes to talk about it, but I don't care what you say. Euro steps a walk. It's a travel, dude. I hate the Eurostep almost as much as I hated the jump stop that Dominic did. That was a travel then, and the Eurostep's a travel now. Well, they've changed the rules, so the Euro is not a Yeah, they, they have to change the rules just to make it work, because it was a travel to begin with. What what I don't like is the, because now there are all these videos online where they're like, is this a walk or not? And like I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's absolutely a walk. Yeah. And all the people in the comments are like, it's not a walk. The, the ones that I can't stand are when you've got, you, 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 you come to a stop, you've got a clear pivot foot, like your left foot's your pivot foot, you're spinning around with your right, and then you just pick up the pivot foot and take another step and then go, and people are like, that's not a walk. I'm like, it absolutely is a walk. They've changed the rules so you can do the gathered thing and you can do the Euro step, but that is, it has to still be a walk, and I, that, that drives me crazy. It does me too as well. It drove me crazy, like I said, in the, in the late 80s when Dominic did the jump stop, and it drives me crazy now. The only call that I felt like we got away with last night, and it came at a pretty crucial time, was that – you know, Post grabbed the rebound, and he had that awkward moment where he like looked to pass it to the guy next to him, and he, the guy wasn't looking, so he like kind of fumbled the ball and put it on the floor, and then he started dribbling, and they called him for a walk, and it it wasn't a walk. It looked weird, but he he didn't dribble the ball when he grabbed the rebound. He picked it up, so he's got his dribble, and he just he he took a step and went to pass, and like clearly held the pass in because the dude wasn't looking, and then fumbled the ball and then started dribbling, which is fine. You're allowed to collect a miss. You can dribble a miss. And they and he kind of was pleading his case, and the referee was like, no, dude, it's good. it looked bad, so nobody really argued it. But when they showed the replay, I'm like, yeah, we got away with one. But we deserved that one and probably like we four or five more with, calls. Yeah, I was going to say, we might got away with that one, but we didn't get away with the one where Ellis gets bumped and he loses his pivot foot, so they call him for travel. Why did he lose his? Why did he lose his pivot foot ref? Because the dude pushed him pretty much. Yeah, there was a, there were a couple of plays where he just got smacked going to the basket. Oh there, yeah, there were a, t- a couple of times where he turned the ball over, and one where he got an offensive foul call. And I'm like, they showed the replay, and they're like, clearly in guarding position. I'm like, what about the dude who just karate chopped him a second earlier when he's going to the basket? G- to give them slightly credit, uh, even though honestly, I think the referees at AEW might have been more perspective, pers- had more perception than than these guys did, is that they did let let it go kind of both ways for a lot of the game. It was, very, it was it was so, physical for sure, which that, plays right into what they want to do. It, it does, and that's not good for us. But it, I will get that is one. I will if you're gonna let if you're gonna let somebody play physical, then let it go both ways. If you're gonna do that, then I'm not gonna really complain about it as much. I'm still gonna complain a little, but not as much. Texas is hearing you say that there are former players that are also upset was much needed. Thanks, Mike. I feel like I've been taking crazy pills. Oh no, hmm. like, like I I know that a lot of former players will do the thing where it's like. If you didn't play, you've got no say here. Like we we know things that you don't know, and it, it's kind of it, it's frustrating that. because one, 
you don't really have like a, a comeback for that. Of course, like they play, they have a, an insight that that you or I can't have, having never played major college basketball or even major high school basketball. And I understand that, <laughs> but also it's frustrating because well, we did high level little league. We did. Look, the best coaches in college basketball, a lot of them were not great players. Some of them weren't even good players. Some of them didn't even play yeah. at a high level in college or at college at all. And so you don't like being a great player doesn't just guarantee that you're going to be a great coach or that you you, know, you you have different insight, but you don't necessarily just like know the game better than people who try to follow it as much as they can. And so that gets a little bit annoying. But there are players who who certainly have that same insight and are seeing what we're seeing and are just as frustrated as the quote-unquote average fan are. And they're maybe not being vocal about it publicly because they know how that's going to go, but they're being vocal about it privately. Uh, Texture says, what are some good documentary recommendations, any genre? Hoop Dreams, start with that. It's the best. <laughs> My favorite movie of all time. It's the best. So long. <laughs> it's long. It's worth it. It'll fly by. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> I, anything by Ken Burns is it, it's a very generic, long, yeah. <laughs> but he does a great job. Uh, I like. There's a documentary called Street Fight. If you like political documentaries from like 2012, that I think was great. Um, Free Solo recently was. It's going to be anxiety inducing, but it's very good about the dude who climbs crazy mountains without any sort of. You know, safety measures. I thought something about Hope Solo. No, Free Solo. I thought something about Hope. So that's what the guy's name is Alex. Alex something. I can't remember his last name, but he's okay. It's it's really good. Um, my favorite documentaries are weird though because it, it you, it's got to be about something you like, right? I mean, or I don't know. I mean, there, there's something like well, I go in like, maybe I go in like a, as a blank slate with some of this stuff, and and I think it's really interesting. Like I, um. Amy is another one that I really liked. Um, Amy, what the one on Amy Winehouse? I think. It's, oh, okay. It's out there somewhere. Like Man on Wire was a documentary of the guy who was a tightrope walker and and did the tightrope walk between the two yeah, World Trade movie. Centers. And I like I had no knowledge about that guy or no real interest and was fascinated by. It. I thought that was awesome. But there you go. There's just a few out there. I'm sure I'm. I like documentaries a lot. So you, you, you and Dugan some. are big documentary guys. Like, and I don't get me wrong. I like a documentary, but. Like, I feel it does have to be about something that has at least some kind of peak of interest in me before I watch it. Yeah, you're probably the majority. I think that's Otherwise, probably how most people feel. it's hard to kind of get into, yeah. Texas says, until we can fix the turnover problem, we won't win more than one game, if any at all. It all boils down to having no guards still. Totally agree. You can, look, you don't need to be the a basketball Benny to look at what this team does and does not do well and just watch the games and say, throwing the ball away, most of the time totally unforced, 15 to 20 times every time you take the floor is killing this team. I mean, in fairness, not to be, we do have one guard, and he's turning over as much as anybody else. So, uh, which is, I, I mean, mean, I don't know if we need guards as much as we just need to not turn the ball over. Well, when you have one guard, you should expect, I mean, he had three turnovers last night. He had, there were three starters that had more than he did. I believe it. James had five, Curry had four. Uh, Withers and Trainer both had three, too. Like, that's Cur- three of those Curry's ones because he just does not know that a double team is coming. And that's a little bit to do with him and his teammates needing to let him know that that's coming on the weak side. Hell, he had a triple team the one time and like still trying to spin into it. Uh, yeah, like, he didn't Come even on, stop guys. him. I know. Oh, God. I don't even. I had to hit the bowl on that when I was so mad. I think you know, Curry's one of those players, and uh, this is. I, I think there are times where Kenny Payne draws stuff up specifically for guys or draws up a, a play that he wants to play to develop a certain way. And we have guys that just. They get it in their head that they have to do it. Like that, it was clear on that possession. We were trying to get the ball into Curry on the block. He gets it, 
and because the, the the talk during the timeout was designed around get the ball to Sid, he's going to score here. Curry feels like he has to go, right? It doesn't matter that the three guys on him. Yeah. He's supposed to score. He's scored a couple of times in a row. He's got to go. And we just, I mean, as much as I think that coaching is part of the problem, it's also very clear that we have some guys with just no basketball IQ. Oh, yeah. And like, again, I'll, I'll say this the same thing I've said since the season started. If you're trying to blame a certain, put 100% of the blame on just one faction, it's all the players, it's all the coaches, it's all the fans, it's all Kenny Klein. Um, you can't do that because when you get to two and eighteen, and a pro when a program like Louisville is in the three hundreds on Ken Palm, it's at least a little bit of everybody. There's nobody who's blameless. It takes an all systems failure to get to this point. You're to blame. I'm to blame. Kenny's to blame. The players are to blame. Everybody's to blame. Like so it's been a colossal failure. Blame. Yeah, exactly. Got some, got some uh, merch. Blame. Completely to blame. Kind of hung the nets up. Blame. This is all Kenny Klein's fault. <laughs> Kenny Klein retiring. Blame. I don't. I don't forgive. I'll never forgive Kenny. I'll never forgive him. <laughs> Texas says we have been totally gaslit by the people who wanted Kenny Payne into looking for explanations other than terrible coaching. It's ridiculous that we say anything other than this. This is a colossal failure by Kenny Payne. I mean, the season has been. I am shocked that there are. So many people who seem to just kind of like like there's no depth that's going to make them upset about this. I I can completely understand having the mentality of this is unacceptable. I I can't believe it's this bad. How the hell is it this bad? This has been a, a failure on all systems. But I still believe that Kenny can get it going. I still believe that he can be the guy. What I can't understand are the people who are like, this is okay. This is part of a rebuild. This is normal it's it's not normal there's nothing normal about louisville being on the verge of becoming the worst power conference team in the history of the sport there's absolutely nothing normal about 2 and 18 like a normal nothing a, a normal nothing. bad season or a normal rebuild season i'm using air quotes like farley now is last year is last year or a season like Boston 98 or 01. Now. Yeah, and they're trying to build. They're, they're clearly not there yet. They're 10 and 11. They're fighting. They're scrapping. They're having some good games, some bad games. They're clearly not ready to be a tournament team, but they're trying to put some building blocks in place. Like, even starting from scratch, even the, the lowest point, if we were going to be worse than last year, I would have been not thrilled about it, but I could have accepted like an 11 win season and just said, well, clearly it's the, it's the players. We got to get some more guys in here. We'll see what can happen. There's just. There's no world in which anybody should be accepting the fact that we're two and eighteen as something that's other than a catastrophic failure and a colossal red flag about the future of the program. I'm not really arguing it. The season's a failure. Now we're, does that we're mean- two, we've got two wins. It's late January. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't I feel like I'm taking crazy pills every time I have to say this out loud. No, no, yes, no. we should be upset. No, no, People no. should be pissed. <laughs> Does that does that mean Kenny Payne Senior's a failure? Not necessarily. Not yet. necessarily, but but the season, yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's safe to say the season's a failure. <laughs> We're two and eighteen <laughs> on January twenty sixth. <laughs> two and eighteen. I think it's safe after after giving up a thirteen point lead to the only other team that's as bad in the ACC as us statistically and record wise last night, and losing by ten and when the dust is all settled and cleared, I think we can officially say. This season is a failure. I think I think it's okay to say it now. I'd be shocked if Nebraska was having this type of season. 
Well, Fred Hoiberg's not that bad. We won the national title 10 years ago. We've won the national title three times. We've been to a billion Final Fours. We were the team of the 80s. We, I mean, we, we were number one in the country three years ago. I mean, We've got two. We're two and 18. Their team it's is insane. Is there a national champion in the last 30 years that has ever had a season this bad? No. No. Not, not just like the next year or year. Ever in their school history. No. We, we've looked into that. Like Bill and Carolina had the eight win season. That's as bad as yeah, it's ever been. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And barring us somehow winning six of our last eleven. Now I said we ain't getting eight wins. CCNY didn't have a program anymore. So I mean, Texas says I'm sorry I'm tuning in late, but can we talk about Trevor at Rupp Arena and avoid basketball talk? We did. <laughs> we, we tried. Which I talked so much it was hard to yeah. <laughs> Texas says they're going to have to add a new stat called gifts next to steals because this team just yeah that's <laughs> some of those I, I feel like you don't deserve credit for a steal when like you just like. <laughs> The ball is handed to you. I mean, it was like watching. Uh, that's the fifth time I've made this, this uh, these two words together. But I, I had little league moments watching some of the passes that we'd make at the top of the key, and then, then they would just steal the ball and run it down for a layup. And when they didn't hit the layup, none of our guys were even trying to get the rebound. They just came back down and put the put back in behind them. Yeah, it, and that's what you can't do against a team like that. No, they you're... they struggle to score in the half court like that. You can't so do that. Do we. Against, you shouldn't do that against any team. And that's the game right there. They if you just give them. Eight to ten cheap points, which also take away scoring opportunities for for yourself. Yes, it does. That's the game. We had nineteen turnovers. Eleven of them were steals. I would venture to say, like six or seven of those were just gifts and not steals. If you wanted to track that stat, and a lot of them led to to just super easy points. Oh, they had to have had at least twelve points and easy layups off of, of just stupid turnovers. And we lost by ten. And we lost go. by ten. I guarantee it. Yeah. Texas U of L basketball is not an on the job training program. I totally agree. <laughs> I, I I do like that was the big. You know, one of my big holdups when we were debating the the coaching search this time last year was like, like this isn't a program where you should learn on the job, and we very clearly are in that situation now. Texas says, which smells worse, U of L basketball or the Jeffersonville studio? How's it smell today? Is it the fact that it's so cold it made you forget about the smell? No. <laughs> I actually so I don't it doesn't smell that bad. It's not like I'm like revolted when I'm here. It's the smell that clings to my clothes when I leave here. Like I left so I left the clothes that I wore Tuesday out That's in a special place. I left the clothes that I wore Tuesday out in a special place upstairs because I knew that I was going to have to come back here on Thursday and I didn't want to like ruin two pairs of pants this week by wearing them here. <laughs> so I, I set them aside upstairs and like I went and got them before I left. Mary works upstairs at our house. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting the same clothes because we're going to Jeff. Mary's like, is that that smell? She's like, I keep smelling something when I walk by here. I'm like, that's what. It, she's like, it is. It does smell like oil. I'm like, I, I t- gas. I told you. So I'm wearing, yeah, I'm wearing mostly the same thing that I wore. Tuesday. I love how you got your Jeffersonville pants. I did. Like, these they are the are Jeff pants. They're your Jeff pants. I don't know when I'm coming back here, so they'll go in the washer this weekend. But for right now, they are they're the designated Jeff pants. I can see you right around the house now. Oh crap! Trevor, te- Trevor texts me and reminds me of Jeff. Honey, have you seen my Jeff pants? <laughs> Where's the JPs? <laughs> I need the JPs with my JS. I need, I need, I need my Jeff outfit. We, 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 do we, <laughs> I'm going to Indiana. I'm going to Indiana. I need the outfit. Where's it at? Break the glass. Like it's, it's in like a smell-proof container, <laughs> like Tupperware. Get out the hazmat suit. <laughs> Here we go. Dexter says, I've heard several people say that you can't judge Coach Payne's coaching skills on this year because of the talent. I disagree. Most people can win with better talent. A very good coach can win or at least compete with lesser talent. 
Coach Payne has not done that this year. He may win a few more games next year if he can get some players out of the portal, but I don't think he can lead us to where we want to go. I, agree or disagree? I agree 100% with that texture. This was a concern I had. I've told you all year. This was a great litmus test to see how cut Payne is as a coach For sure. with a less talented team. You sit there and bring in uh, – I know we, we were complaining about the recruiting now, but, but let's, let's say bleeps and giggles. He brings in three five-star kids next year, and we're going to be better because we have probably more the talent level we're at. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty – can he coach that talent? I mean, exactly. I, I can anybody, any any Joe Schmo with half a basketball knowledge. You and I could step on a bench with six five star kids and be competitive. It's I, it's my biggest issue with where yeah. we are right now. That's outside of just the again mind boggling fact that we're two and eighteen. Is if the low is this low, how high can the the high potentially be? Yeah, because our our expectations are our expectations. Like we're not in this to to get back to being six seeds in the NCAA tournament and hoping to get to the second round. like Eventually, when we're back to being Louisville basketball, whenever the hell that winds up being, we want to be competing for national championships. That's the expectation here. That's the standard. Kenny Payne certainly knows that. He was here at arguably the highest point in the history of the program. So like, do I expect him to improve as time goes on? Of course, because you cannot get worse than being in the 300s on Ken Palm at a place like Louisville. But if we're talking improvement, like, Next year we win eight games, and, and two years from now we're winning twelve games, and three years from now right, we're winning we're fifteen there. games. Like that's that's not no. th- that's not what we're supposed to be doing here. Like, do you think like, can a coach who has a season this bad again worse than any of the other programs that we associate ourselves with in the hierarchy of college basketball have ever had at least in their modern history since you know there's been you know since black players were allowed to play the game, since they started using nets instead of peach baskets, no one's had a season like this. Any of the other top-tier programs. So can you go from this to where we were 10 years ago? And I think it's hard to envision that right now. Or as me as if we do have talent, we go into a tournament, and we're going in a second-round matchup with a team that can match up maybe decent with us. With Patino, I never worried that we were going to get out-coached. Now, it may happen, but I never was worried about it. I don't. I can't say the same thing for Kenny Payne le- leading a team like that in this. In this well, not yet, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, early returns are not good. I, 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 I now I'm, I'm, sometimes those exit exit polls are misleading. I know, but I know. right now they're overwhelmingly bad. Right. Hopefully, this is a George W. Bush, John Kerry situation where the, the exit polls Someone are saying bring something. In hanging Chad, because I, mean, <laughs> I need something new here. <laughs> we need some sort of uh, yeah. We just need some sort of electoral miracle. Yeah. That's fine. We're all over the place with the, with the, the presidential race. Look, uh, Texas says Mike Rage is building. This team's going to give you another illness. Oh, they are. They're not helping anything. I feel like I'd already be better. If it weren't, if it weren't I'd be thirty pounds skinnier right now. <laughs> you know how much soda and like <laughs> and like food I've eaten away in my depression from this season. This team has. They're gonna. I'm gonna lose my left foot from diabetes because of this team. You'd be thin and they happily married. You would have gotten married a month ago. Married a month ago. You'd be 180 pounds, <laughs> glistening. I'd be fully healthy, back to being you know the, the dad I want to be. All that stuff. You'd this be, team has taken everything from us. Everything. 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 Texas, we had better talent than BC last night. I, oh, I agree. There's, I have no doubt about it. Post was better, the best player on the court, I think, individually. But that's also, I do have a kind of a tendency to lean towards big men, so take that with a grain of salt. But, yeah, as a team, no. I, I, I knew that. There was there was still eight minutes in the second half, and I'm watching this game going, we are we have more we talent than this team. Now, once upon a time, Makai Ashton Langford was a player who Rick Pitino desperately wanted to get and didn't. So he, I think he could play here. I mean, obviously, now he could play here. But – Top to bottom, 
I, I, yeah, I, we're, we're better. And I don't buy Kenny Payne. I haven't seen him get a ton of heat for the comment, maybe just because people haven't seen it. But he did say after the game, like talking to the guys, I told him, you know, you're never going to be the more talented team. I'm like, last night no. they were the more talented team. No, it stuck out to me when I, like I said, I watched the YouTube post game after I watched the game on my DVR, and that comment stuck out to me right away as well. Yeah. Texas, I'm thinking of ordering some T-shirts with Chris Mack and Eric Wood that read, Kenny Payne won two games. Who's in? No. <laughs> come on. If you're Kentucky and somebody makes T-shirts, how you haven't come up with that? Well, I guess you got to wait to the year, but I, I would not I would not be mad at Kentucky fans if they came up with that shirt if, if we had finished with two wins on the year. Texas says, do you still think that we will win another game this year? Last night caused me to lose all hope that we can another. I, I still think so. I, I think they're going to win at least one. Now, you didn't pick us to win it when it was all said and done, but you had picked us to, to win a week ago in this game. That was before the, the Pitt and North Carolina game. Okay. <laughs> I'm circling. If we, get, if we can give a stronger performance on Saturday against Notre Dame, if we can keep that one close, I really think we can get George Tech at home. Now, do you, do you feel like the the change in routine when when asked this question? Jesus, this is so sad. When you had, when asked this question, Kenny Payne admitted he's not smart enough to figure out what routine was, but it makes a whole other whole other closet of problems we can open up later on. But you know, the fact that we're doing this differently, does, you think that's going to help? I don't know what you're talking about. The, I guess we're traveling straight from Boston College to to, to South Bend or something. We are. So that's what I was under the impression of. Seems odd, but we can't hurt. I'm fine with it. I don't. Again, like there's nothing, there's nothing you can do right now that's quote unquote outside the realm of normal that I would hate. <laughs> do whatever. Like we we left normal back when we lost the the Linscrum. Linscrum. Have the team play in mittens. I don't. I mean, I don't care. Like, yeah, sure, try it. Who who cares? Play mittens. <laughs> whatever. I almost would like to see that. If we're going to lose, let's at least lose playing mittens. <laughs> Texture says two things. One, people on the message boards are saying not to take Josh Hurd's comments too seriously. The ones about KP being the guy for the job, which tell me that he's not going to fire him after year one, but he's had to at least consider it. Two, KP has to make the tournament next year, in my opinion, to be retained. And the only scenario where he doesn't and gets a year three would be if we're like the first team out and has a killer 2024 class. I agree with the second part for sure. I still don't know if we can... Even if we're first four out, I, I would, I would, I still wouldn't be shocked if it there was a move made, but it would be less shocking, I guess. I'm not saying that I would. Like, it's the move I would make, but I can see it happening. Yeah. As I far guess. as, like, I mean, it all depends how it unfolds. I think I mean. Josh is far more. I don't think. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Josh is far more unhappy with the the state of the the basketball program than he's. Than his comments would let on, but that's what he has to do. It's a first-year head coach. The other thing that I would say is, like, at this point, it is what it is. No good is done by Josh Hurd coming out and being like, "This sucks. I'm disappointed. He sucks. I think he might be gone." Like, like it, or, you know, in so many words, there's nothing good that can that can come of that. It may be how everybody feels, and if you, you know, people are saying fire Kenny Payne right now. If you fire Kenny Payne right now. I, I don't think you really gain anything out of it. I, I don't think that the pool of candidates for to replace him would be that much better than they were a year ago. I don't want to say you have to give him a second year, but I, I think they're going to give him a second year, and I can kind of see why. I, I think you've got to at least – you've got to know if you're Josh Hurd and you're, you've invested this much money in him. I, I think that there are probably significant doubts within many people uh, who – make up the powers that be at U of L about what's happening right now. But 
you can't let that on. You've got to show support. You've got, you have to hope that it works. We're still less than a year into this thing and it's a huge financial investment and it's a huge emotional investment. You tried to do what you thought the fan base and the former players and the people around the program wanted. And right now it's, it's a complete cluster. By the way, I don't know. This is, you mentioned, I don't know. This is completely off topic, but there was something last night that during like a segment where Daniel, Brian, Brian Danielson, did a promo and I tell me, let me see. I just like 10 seconds long. So I want you to hear it real quick. Okay. Like, what does this make you think of? Cause I want to see if my, your mind goes the same place I did. You know what you said? A partial, whatever it said, dislocated. I wrestled 60 goddamn minutes with a separated shoulder. Oh, Ain't nobody say that? stop. I missed the part where he goes, he says, can I wrestle? And he's like, I don't like, can I wrestle? Am I allowed to wrestle? And Jeff just, Rob. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Like my mind went Brom right away. <laughs> You just dropped a GD on the airwaves. I know. Well, you've done that too, also. I've not. Yeah, you have. No, I have not. I always say GD. I said hot damn. <laughs> I've never dropped a GD on the radio. When have you said hot damn? When I'm trying to, to find a different way to say GD. <laughs> I would, where, where, I want to hear you say hot damn again. I've say, I'll say like hot damn it instead of okay. what, what you just played. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Texas, don't forget that Josh said positive stuff about Satterfield during the year, too. Well, Satterfield left on his own accord, so that's a little bit different. No, and if, if, if we make a change after year one, it'll be Kenny leaving on his own accord. Yeah. Texas says... Or it is a cord. Probably not healthy huffing the oil fumes all day in there. <laughs> it's, it's, I, don't, I don't know. It smells like oil. I'm choosing to believe that it's, it's not actually I, what oil. What I think it I is, I, so. think it's, I think it's like a mix of like 70s like stuck into like the foam walls. It might, it might. I don't know what it is. I, I don't. I, honestly, I don't want to know at this point. I spent too much time here to want to know the truth. Texas, I'm just listening to yesterday's podcast. Uh, Four minutes in, and TK claims to be, quote, not much of a change pants guy. <laughs> honestly, I'm not really that shocked. I don't think I remember hearing you say that. No, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't change the pants too much. Because you asked me if I was wearing, what I was wearing yesterday, was I wearing it to the, the uh, event? And I was, you asked me, because I had my Eagle sweatpants on, you're, I was like, yeah, I'm wearing these. And that's why I was like, I don't change my pants. Not a big change uh, pants guy. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I am, I am that guy that'll wear like the pants like three, four days in a row to work. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I think I've worn these. Well, I've worn these both times here this week, but I think I wore them on Monday too. Now, in fairness, I'm only wearing them literally for the three hours I'm here. Like, I, I put my pants on, I come in here, oh, I, I get home, I take my pants off, I put shorts on. I thought you were an underwear guy. Or sometimes, that eh, depends on the underwear. It's too much. Yeah, it depends. But sometimes I'll throw some shorts on, or I'll just wait. Maybe I'm just wearing my boxers, whatever. But uh, yeah, so I take them. So that's that's why I kind of I'll wear them like three or four days in a row before I. And then I usually almost always do laundry on the weekends. So multiple people now are saying that when we got a core four last week, I said, "quote Hot damn, we're going to win the ACC tournament." Did you so, say so hot there damn? You go. Okay. Hot damn it. <laughs> All right. I just love that. <laughs> we got to go to break. Once again, we, we, we had 47 texts when we started. We read a bunch. Yeah, we but did. More keep coming in. So we've got 41 now. We're not going to get to the, all these before the end of the show. We don't have, we have more texts than we have minutes. We'll do the best we can. We'll come back. We'll read some more texts and we'll wrap this bad boy up. Give me a like right here on 1450 and 961, the big X. I
final segment here of the Thursday edition of the Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Reminder, coming up here at 6 o'clock, we've got U of L Women's Basketball on 970 WGTK. And here on 1450 The Big X, we've got Western Kentucky Men's Basketball. Pre-game starting at 6.30. Pre-game starting at 6.30, 7 o'clock tip-off. Who are they playing? I don't know. <laughs> um, Florida International. Bad night to be Florida International. Hilltoppers are a one and a half for you <laughs> one and a half point road favorite in that game. We've got about like, a little bit over ten minutes left. We'll try to get to as much as we can here. Again, the text line just keeps blowing up. But I, somebody did send in a picture of you, and I know you just told me his name, Brian Cage. Cage. Brian Cage, the Mohawk guy, right in front of you. Yeah, he, he you're came, staring down his chest. You're looking right at his yeah, chest. Yeah, he came. Uh, they did a move where he, he threw up. Uh, Danielson against the barricade, and he came like up against the barricade and slammed on. I didn't stand up quick enough, but I did stand up right for a second as he was starting to walk away, and I just told him his mohawk looks stupid, and it does. Scoots texted in earlier, by the way, at the 4 o'clock hour, and just said, thanks for answering my Brian Cage question. I was wondering what you said to him, and it was, yeah. your mohawk looks stupid. I was more concerned with getting his, the jacket from his manager. <laughs> that real felt, felt jacket looked awesome. Texas said the spoon bowl thing is the best thing that I've heard today, and then Trevor saying that there was four bowls before. I just peed during the break. And I was very curious if, like, it disappeared, <laughs> or if, like, the spoon was not going to be in there this time. Yeah, there's a full bowl of water on the back of the toilet with a spoon in it here. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know the point of that. And apparently there were four on Tuesday. There on, was. With, with plastic spoons in them. This is like a, well, I don't know about a Tuesday, standard but metal la- spoon. Last Friday when I did the game, I know there was. I didn't see them. So yeah, that's what I said. Like, on Tuesday, yeah. I didn't see them. So you wouldn't see them Tuesday, yeah. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Texas, I think uh, Corin Davis got a NIL deal with Google, judging by how hard we're searching for any information <laughs> on him at all. It's a good text. It's a good spot. That's good. Apparently, he's a, a cousin of Popeye Williams, the, the football player. I think you brought that up, yeah, because the first thing I thought of when you said that was, like, I'd rather be a cousin of Popeye Jones. Are we letting, like, football players be like, hey, I've got I got a family member who's good at basketball. Maybe you, he can play for you guys. Is, is that what's happening here? Like, how else are we finding out about this kid? I don't know what's going on. Hey, coach, I was just wondering. I got a cousin out in LA. He's not base trying to play basketball. He give him a shot. I mean, we thought Dick Vitale telling Rick Patino about taking players was one thing. Now we've got football players who are like, hey, just so you know, my cousin can get buckets. Hey, Ryan McMahon can shoot threes. He could. It worked out well. Hopefully, Coron Davis works out just as well. Texas, can you please do a live tweeted Big X studio tour? The place sounds like something straight out of Twin Peaks. <laughs> I did this at one of the other studios back in the day. I, I, we probably need to make that happen. Not today because it's too cold. It's freezing back here. Yeah, I need a jacket on first. Also, I don't think I've even really explored this place that much. I'll give you a full ne- next time we're up here. We'll I make don't sure. really want one. I, 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 I get scared. You haven't seen all. You haven't, you haven't seen like all the. Uh, I haven't gone to like the bedrooms. The or offices, yeah. yeah. You've been in my office, though, haven't you? I have been in your, when I the first time I came here. Dugan showed me like all the different offices and stuff. Yeah, but mine, I haven't been to like the the, the habitated. Mine looks like <laughs> the room of a nineties teenage kid because it's got all the posters in it. Yeah, uh, Texas. I'm in my early twenties. Congratulations. And you'd be surprised how douchey a lot of us think that is. Which I don't remember what we were talking about. What was the time of the text? For like four fifteen. I'm trying to get to as many as I can. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I don't yeah, remember yeah. what we were talking about then. I don't either. Like the young kids. Oh, the, the TikTok stuff. The, the guy who brought in Oh yeah, thank you. The, then. If you're younger than the DoorDash yeah. thing on the floor. I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad I still have some faith in the use of humanity. Texas, this is going to end up being one of those situations where there's someone living in the studio and y'all don't know about it because they're hiding when you all are doing the show. Oh, uh, no, there are people no, that live here. We know they're here. There's we two. just know about it, yeah. There's actually there's actually not one but two people live here, yeah. Yeah, there, there always has been. There was three, unfortunately, in Port Douglas' past. That's right. Yeah. 
Texas says, honestly, I think our Ken Palm ranking has us too high. We are worse than 300. Well, we're 301, so. <laughs> Texas says, what player off last chance you season two would you want on this Louisville team? Well, Eddie. I mean, we just, I think we I just, didn't even watch the damn show, and I'll say Eddie. The last time this came up, and I, I think I gave an earnest answer that was like, in all honesty, like they're not good enough to play here. But now that we are dipping into these waters, um, I mean, <laughs> I guess we could talk about it seriously now. I mean, that's the thing is like that the East LA team is way better than the team that Karan Davis plays for, and their best player went two of their, their two best players went like to low level D two schools. Um, again, I'm not saying that this kid can't be great. I'm just saying it would be an unusual situation for a unknown JUCO player to go to a place like Louisville and become a star on a good team. It's just the best players at that level on the best teams typically go to, like, Long Beach State or to, you know, D2 schools or their backups. Like The, the best player that's come through that league in years was the K.J. Uh, Johnson kid that was featured in the first season who committed to USC, ended up going to Texas Tech, and he's like a role player on a, a Texas Tech team that I don't think has won a Big 12 game yet. So it's just... Okay. Yeah, you could probably, in the last 50 years, on one hand, count the players that were out, under the radar JUCO superstars. It doesn't happen level. often. It, nah, it, 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 it doesn't. I say on, on one hand, I'm being, I think you may name them on one finger. I can't think of one. Texas said, if you would have told the fan base a year ago that whoever we ended up hiring as the basketball coach was going to start his tenure winning two of his first 20 games, the response would have undoubtedly been 100%, oh my God, what a terrible hire. Why have some fans changed their standards to stick their nose out for Kenny Payne? I wouldn't have believed you. I would have said there's no way they can be that bad. This bad. I wouldn't have. No, I, I wouldn't have believed you three months ago. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. And it has been. By the way, today is officially is the exact one year anniversary of Chris Mack and Louisville parting ways. It happened exactly January 26, thousand twenty two. I mean. We all thought this was like this refreshing, fresh start and the first step towards a better future. And boy, (laughs) kind of want to go back 12 months ago and just slap yourself a little bit. I wish we still had peaks. (laughs) They're not doing great at Butler right now. How many wins they got? They're bad. They're like the second worst team in the Big Big East. I think they're like 12 and 10. Really? They're 11 and 11. You know what I'd give for 11 and 11 right now, Mike? (laughs) They're 100th in Ken Palm, which. A year ago would have seemed like a gigantic slap in the face, but yeah, not, that's not that's not that's not bad. You want to see bad? <laughs> in some ways, it feels like it's only been a year. In other ways, it feels like oh my god! I feel like I'm living in like Crocodile Dundee. Like everyone's like my seasons have bad, and I'm like you that you that's not a bad season. This is a knife. Like here's Louisville two and eighteen. Quit whining. Texas, I can find out more about Trevor's appearance on AEW on the internet than I can Karan Davis. <laughs> that might be true, actually. Texas, I love when Trevor says something so ridiculous that Mike just pauses and then says the text line phone number. <laughs> You've done it at least twice, probably. Texas, can we talk about how out of shape and weak this team is? Bring in a new trainer. I thought he was going with me. No. <laughs> That's where I was headed. <laughs> out of shape and weak Trevor is. I'm like, I know. It, it is kind <laughs> of like conditioning was such a point of emphasis when practice started. I mean, that was, you know, the videos were so boring. The video team is so good, but it was like just the team basically running the entire time. And LLS went on the radio, did his spots and was saying, you know, it's conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. We want to be the best in shape team. And then you get into the season and Kenny Payne's like, our conditioning's not good enough. I'm like, well, 
then what were we doing all summer? And like, if they're not conditioned enough, like get their asses back on the treadmill. Like I hate to compare anything to Rick Pitino, but can you imagine him just, just saying in the middle of the season, we're not conditioned enough. Like he would have fixed that in in a week. They would have just not practiced with the ball for a straight week. I know Withers denied it. And you, you don't, you think that there's some, uh, the, the, the lack of subs obviously leading to wearing us down has been a cause, but I don't think it's conditioning. I think it's just all mental. And when it comes down to some of the late game stuff, I don't think it's just they are worn out and because they're playing extra minutes. I know they, I know they will be the next day, but to me, it's all mental, not not physical. It, it might be. I mean, I, I definitely think there's clearly something meant a lot mental going on with this team when they're in close games. They just seem to they get terrified when, yeah. when it's a you know tie game, two point game with three or four minutes to go. They just don't. They they never do the right thing. Texas says if Notre Dame beats Louisville this weekend uh, in this weekend's game, Trevor must buy a new bed. If Louisville wins, the audience will go fund Trevor enough to buy him a new bed. Does Trevor accept the bet? I'm, I wouldn't if I were you. <laughs> I don't even know if I would. I kind of bet the audience would get me. I mean, if we lose another Dame, is it going to be a coffin? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm expecting. Um, Texas says, I, I don't does, want a new bed. I want somebody in the bed with me. Texas, do you think Mike James will transfer? I hope not. I, I hope not. I, I, I don't know, but he seems like the one guy who's fully bought in to the I system, agree, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of from the outside looking in, that's what it feels like. And he's three more years of eligibility. You'd love to build around him or build with him in the years to come. But, yeah, if you, if you lose him, I, I think that's another just gigantic red flag because I, I, I can only imagine that would not be – Kenny Payne's desire. I'm slightly confident, as confident James coming back as I am Weathers leaving. I don't see Weathers being back here next year. I'm, I'm kind of with you. And and honestly, again, this I, is all I, just, I don't blame him. I think he'd be better off probably going somewhere else. This is all just outside looking in, but it's easy to see a world where him and, and certainly Roosevelt Wheeler. Yes. And then maybe the the freshmen who aren't getting playing time. Yeah. Choose to just go somewhere else. Wasn't Reed? Was, didn't he shoot like 60% from three in high school? He's the big shooter. Yeah. You know what we talked about? Yeah. Texas, yeah, the when things were going so well last night, and then Zan, the, the Zan lineup came in. Was I mean, everybody had the same reaction? It was just like, I, what are you gonna do? Texas Fabio reclassified for this, right on cue. Why doesn't he get any playing time? If it's a behavior issue, they need to say something about it. I, Henry Miller, Hersey Miller got the the nod last night, and a few the few minutes that he got in, so. he did, and I, I don't. He looked, he looked confused and lost, but. Usually when, when there's a situation like this where a kid's just – the fan base is wondering why he's not on the floor and they, they've seen some flashes of good from him in the past and you know walk-ons are getting minutes over him, it almost always leads to a transfer and there's kind of a mutual understanding between the player and the coach that like you're not going to be – I think Shaquan Aaron. Remember that? Like he just wasn't playing. Yep. And as the season got, we got deeper and deeper to the season, the minutes dwindled more and dwindled more and everybody knew he was gone after that year. I – I don't know if that's the situation with Basili and, and Devin Ree, but it's it's certainly surprising that you're not playing two scholarship freshmen when you've got a you're this deep into a loss season. Ree has the builder squad Aaron too. Yeah. Texture says it's five forty nine and Mike's reading text from four fifteen. I look forward to this one uh read when we're back to a five hundred record in basketball. Well, I was trying to get back <laughs> to some of the ones from earlier and I was doing I don't want to just ignore anybody, but again, we've got like thirty seven. I guess. don't make you feel better, people, when I go to the car to warm up and smoke a couple of cigarettes before I leave out of town and make some bets, I'll I'll reply to the text line. Thank you. Can you just like will you just like click on all the ones that we didn't read? I don't I don't I don't want to make poor scoots just like have to 
to go through all those. I'll try, but he did leave me a note today on top of the Super my Nintendo in here. Yeah. It says, and I quote, because this is Pac-Man score, 76,790. 76, Suck on that. Love scoots. I thought it was, it was going to be about the way that we put his headphones back on Tuesday. No, no, I no. felt bad about that. I tried. <laughs> I, I'm just not good at, at, at that. Texas says, the smell that you guys are smelling and describing is asbestos. Well, Trevor would know better than I would. Maybe that's why I don't recognize it. I'm so, <laughs> so used to it. <laughs> All right, real quickly, uh, tonight, <laughs> college basketball, we've got a, a couple of, uh, of decent games. Number one, Purdue's on the road, taking on Michigan. The Wolverines desperately need a, a big-time win like this. Purdue's a five-point road favorite in Ann Arbor. Who you got, TK? Uh, Purdue wins this game. I'm still not big on Michigan. And then 9 o'clock, Pac-12 rivalry and soon-to-be SEC rivalry. UCLA on the road, I guess Big Ten rivalry. UCLA on the road taking on USC. Number eight, Bruins are four-and-a-half-point road favorites. It's 9 o'clock tip-off on ESPN2. Who you got? Oh, you know I'm going USC in this one. I'm going to say, by the way, I say Purdue wins. I'm going to say Michigan covers. I think UCLA wins and covers. What was the line on that Michigan game? Five. I'm still going to go with the Purdue covering. There you go. All right. We got uh, women's basketball, Louisville taking on Wake Forest over on 970 WGTK, 6 o'clock tip on the ACC network. And then keep it locked right here. We'll have Western Kentucky taking on Florida International coverage starting at 630. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3. I get so weak in the